I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Three, three to five word review of the Snyder Cut. That's very easy. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry D and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. What a show. Fair the hell enough. I, I can't get more honest than that, I'm afraid. Yep. <laughs> but Fair. I've heard good things. Don't believe everything that you hear, Alan. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really quickly, like I, I sat and watched the whole thing. I was bored as hell. And then I liked the finale, which is like the last hour. So I went to my girlfriend's house, like in a really good mood right after it. She's like, so you liked it? I'm like, oh yeah, by the third hour, it really picks up. She's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> I know. And to be fair, as I said, my last time on the podcast with you, my wife, you know, puts up with a lot from me in terms of what I make her watch. Oh yeah. But four hours of the Snyder Cut when, you know, she didn't enjoy any of the previous movies. And to be fair, I have my issues with them as well. Um, but I, I'll definitely sit down. And I'm going to save it for a night where I'm here, where I'm at home. On, on dad duty on my own and uh, I'm going to plow through it and make up my mind on it then. Yeah, yeah. As you heard from that story, uh, the key part was going to my girlfriend's house after I watched the four-hour movie. So I completely understand. <laughs> I, I do not like, I don't like Zack Snyder's work in the DCEU in yeah. general. So I, I knew what I was going into here, but I digress. Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex and I am joined once again by Mr. Alan Burke. How are you, sir? I am thrilled to be back, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's it's great to be back on. I, I so appreciate you like burning the way past midnight oil to uh, sit and talk to me about Superman and Nazis for a bit tonight. Yeah, it is. It is 1.44 a.m. here in Ireland oh, at the moment. But to be fair, uh, we should have been here about two hours ago, if not for me uh, <laughs> and, and, and my terrible, terrible maths in, in calculating Look, you know, uh, time zones. <laughs> it's okay. We've had, we've had math against us, maths. Um, we've had technology against us, but we are here. We're here. We are here. as resilient as Superman. And we're <laughs> going to talk about him punching a bunch of Nazis, um, which, which we were just talking off mic. Like there's a solid history of him punching Nazis. Yeah, there is. I, I, and I'm fairly confident. I, I was trying to think there, but I, like, I am fairly confident that um, it wasn't in a comic. It was in a, in, a, in a comic strip, I think, from the early 19, from early 1940 itself, I think, that um, basically there was a, a comic strip, How Would Superman End the War? And I think this was about yes. two years before the U.S. actually entered the war. Um, but it turns out very easily, he, he basically flew to Germany, picked up Adolf flew around, picked up everybody else that he didn't like and landed them in the middle of a war crimes tribunal. Um, and that was the end. That was the end yeah. of World War II. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Well, you know what? I, I say it like I remember it. Like, I remember back in the 40s when that came out. I remember <laughs> that being a piece in one of the DC or uh, Superman documentaries that they have. But that's an awesome piece of history. But like also, I was for this podcast to recreate a prop on the show. I was looking at old action comics covers and yes. there was a racist as hell superman <sighs> punching out a japanese um yeah. fighter plane and pilot and it was just like oh right 1940 yeah, the, or 19 yeah probably 1940 that was 
there's one as well where he's he's uh, he's got uh, maybe Hitler, definitely a Nazi. I think possibly Hitler in one hand and a, a Japanese soldier, a Japanese officer in another hand, and the the, the caricature of the the Japanese um, soldier is not something that they would oh, no. with today. It, it goes with that horrible racist history of comics, where like you look at uh, the Spirit by Will Eisner and the black characters, and that it's just like what. Yeah, what a, yeah, that's not and, a person. What is the, you know? That's terrible. Yeah, and I only recently watched uh, um, some episodes of the Fleischer Studios cartoons, which are, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll fight this Gorgeous. to the death. Yep, beautiful artwork, beautiful everything about them. Um, but towards the end of those episodes as well, they they kind of stray into that territory, into the propaganda territory in terms of their depictions of Japanese people and stuff. I remember cringing when, when I saw the Japanese characters in that. Does he fight Nazis in that too? I I don't remember if he fights Nazis, but I know there's definitely a, a scene where at the end of one episode, it shows Adolf Hitler listening to the radio, um, basically. Oh, wow. I don't remember that. Yeah. Adolf Hitler is not happy and he's sitting in a room and he's kind of slumped over in his chair and he's basically listening to i think it's another one of superman's victories against the nazis and uh, he he shuts off the radio and he's all mad he's all mad about it yeah (laughs) um also interesting is watching this episode in our current climate and i'm so happy that i'm covering this episode now with the new administration (laughs) yeah um rather Um, than an old one so like by the way yeah if gonna be a lot of talk of nazis we're gonna be ragging on dean kane here so if that's not your cup of tea you know like head out but yeah we're talking episode 309 superman yes superman Superman. with two two ends yes and when you when you suggested this episode to me uh, i kind of went oh yeah great and then i kind of went Oh yay! Oh hell! Right. Here we go. <laughs> um, because watching this in the '90s was a very different experience, even as a 12-year-old kid at the time, um, when it was like Nazis, Nazis right. coming back. That's crazy. And right, now, right. When and a time when you and I didn't have to change a record date once upon a time because of a fucking yeah. armed insurrection in Washington D.C. Yeah. Yeah, um, sitting down and watching it, I haven't watched this episode in a couple of years, I'd say maybe 10 years, and I was sitting down and watching it there um, in preparation for this. Yeah, there, there were some scenes where I was like, ooh, that's, yeah. that's close to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is um, crazy, because there's Nazis in it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's bad in all the right ways, but hey, at least Superman's here and uh, Dean Cain has a script for this one. So this aired in November 20, uh, November, yeah, 26th, 1995. So this is, this is the Thanksgiving episode. Wow. Um, written by Chris uh, Rupenthal, who was a creative consultant, writer, supervising producer um, for a lot of the series, directed by James R. Bagdanas, was the DP on the show, the director of photography, and also directed a bunch of episodes, including Tempest Fugitive, Need I Say More, This is a Heavy Hitter Guy. So <laughs> I, I looked him up. Um, I looked him up when I was doing my notes, and uh, he's basically just directed everything. Yeah. Um, oh, he's been one on of every show too, for yeah. the last 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> very clearly a very reliable journeyman director. It has still done um, dp work but also seems i forget which show um he's working on recently but also like directed a few of those so you can tell like oh he's a trusted member of the crew and they let him direct some because of that sometimes which is nice and he does Um, a great job 
Oh my God. Yeah, there's some some nice touches in this episode. Before we get into the episode though, I just want to point out, and I've been bad about this recently, but I want to do some ratings check-in here. Um, A few episodes ago was Ultra Woman, which believe it or not was a series rating high at 22.3 million domestically, which is, I, I think good, but probably not, you know, crazy next and to what other people were getting at the time. I love every single episode where Superman transfers his powers to another person. So um, yeah, Ultra Woman, two thumbs up for Ultra Woman. Yep, and speaking of transferring powers, the next episode, Chip Off the Old Clark, was uh, 21.1 million. So they just, they just, they lost a million, but not nothing bad. We take a bit of a dive here for Superman at 18.9. Um, so I just wanted to check in on where we were there so that, uh, you know, as, as the series goes on, as the season goes on, um, we have I, an idea. I, I live in a country with like 4.5 million people. Um, so those numbers are insane. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but like network TV at the time, I think the pilot did about 18 something. So they're about okay. at pilot. You know, they've got the core audience here for this one. Yeah, th- um, that sounds good. Yeah, right. well, it makes sense too because we're flashing back to season one here immediately, which I love about this episode. It's this. kind of like and it's well, it's continuity. well done. I, I I think so too. So we we're talking like the episode starts and it's two years earlier. We get a weird close-up of a Daily Planet issue that's just like Democrats and Republicans deadlocked over budget, which like starting the too soon similarities right away here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we go into the evil crypt of science and Nazis, and yeah. we find that the you know German soldiers are be- being released from their stone coffins of liquid ice and like waking up from cryo sleep, and I'm immediately in like this is the show that i want you know and it's very um in hindsight it's very captain america this whole episode as well as very captain america um and i basically i'm just going to refer to the the nazi the secret nazi organization as hydra for this entire episode (laughs) yeah it is it is super that like yeah as i was watching it today i'm like oh it's there's a bit of um uh captain america winter soldier in here too you're right where, where we find out that hydra is infiltrated everything you know everything yeah, um, yeah but i just i just love how how arch it all is and obviously it should be because like it's real we all have understandings of the real world threat that this yeah. is um and it's it's a little jarring to see it here like i remember one of the animated justice league episodes they flash back to world war ii yeah. and at the end of it they like show a frozen hitler and it's just like this is almost a promise fulfilled this episode for a promise that hadn't been made yet in the animated stuff you know but it's it's that type uh, of like it immediately has some some fear to it yeah and like the darwin cook books um not cook books but the darwin cook (laughs) books. new frontier yeah new frontier and that you know they all cover this that time period with you know with nazis and that kind of stuff and and they do a great job of it. i'd highly recommend those as well but yeah like it's camped up for for a 90s tv show totally um you know it's not set in the real world you know they're they're camped up villains but um they do a great job like as comic book nazis come and as a threat that they they represent they did a great job i think i i agree and let, let's talk about them here too so like Waking up, we haven't met, gotten their names yet. They haven't even gotten their covers yet. But we've got Steve Law, Hank West, and Lisa Rockford. And just to cover it before we go forward, Steve West 
uh, is looks exactly like Justin Hartley from Smallville and This Is Us and whatever soap opera he was on. Like, if you know who that guy is, he's that. Yeah, he is. And I um, I know him as Mike Barnes from Karate Kid 3. He's the main villain in Karate Kid 3. The okay. Actor. Um, and that, that carries on a tradition with Lois and Clark as well because the villain from Karate Kid 2 uh, is in Chi of Steel, the episode Chi of Steel. Oh, too funny. Yeah, so the only the only person missing is William Zabka, who was the villain in, in Karate Kid 1. But the villains from both 2 and 3 have appeared in Lois and Clark. That's who plays um, uh, uh, Steve Law, uh, who's basically Tom Brady. He's a, he's a kind of a, a Tom Brady caricature yeah. knockoff. Um, also want to point out that this actor, Sean Cannon, um, was on a Desperate Housewives episode. So I wonder if he uh, got to oh. work with Terry on that. But I, I, that was way after I uh, had jumped ship there. Um, so we've got Steve Law, football player. Hank West, country singer. Like the most popular country singer ever. Um, also, by the way, played a young David Banner, who I believe was Bruce Banner's father in the Hulk movie, the Ang Lee Hulk movie. Oh, that's a, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. That that jumped out to me. And I'm, then I'm very got... I'm very impressed with that that you managed to, to to dig that one out. That's 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 <laughs> that's a great find. I didn't I didn't find that. <laughs> Anytime any of these people have a comic book something, and I'm like, oh, I'm bringing that up. Um, and All then right. we've got Lisa Rockford, uh, who is a gorgeous supermodel. Uh, Sandra Hess is the actress. Uh, she was an Encino man. Uh, was on Psych, and a couple of years before this was on Sequest before it got canceled. You're missing. Um, you're missing one big uh, appearance uh, acting job that this. That this Senator had. Truman Black. She was oh. in the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie, and Whoa! she was she was the main antagonist. She was the main bad guy in the David Hasselhoff okay. Nick Fury movie. I have never seen it but I'm suddenly feeling very bad for having missed that on her IMDb after I just said like, Oh, when they are come, don't worry. I'm on top of it. That's great. Well, if, you're, if you're thinking of watching it, I would advise that you don't. There is a wonderful episode of um, caravan of garbage from Mr. Sunday movies on YouTube that I love those guys that, that covers it. Fine. Just watch that 12 minutes yeah. or whatever. Call it yeah. A day. yeah. Um, so anyway, these, these are our three or four, you know, my favorite Nazis throughout this episode, they will keep coming back. Um, they come out of their cryo sleep. They come out uh, to the streets of Metropolis. And we flash back to episode 103, uh, Never Ending Battle, where like they're across the street as Superman saves the, the little girl who the sign was about to fall on in that episode. Yeah, the dated planet sign, yeah. Yeah, which I just like, I, I loved seeing that. And I, like, there's, it's not like, you know, this is 90s television. It's not like they're interacting with that scene. They're looking across the street off camera. Yeah. And the show is just replaying some of that episode. But yeah, it's, it's so it's, cool. it's not exactly Back to the Future too, but they do right. a really great job of interweaving it. It's really well in well interwoven into the into the new footage, I think. I, I think it's it's seamless. It's pretty seamless. I agree. I agree. And uh, just when they're done watching reruns. Um, a black limo pulls up and out comes Senator Truman Black, who is Lyndon Childs, who has done an episode of everything. Um, was in <laughs> Original Twilight Zone, My Favorite Martian, Munsters, Perry Mason, Man from Uncle, Green Hornet, Hawaii Five-0, The wow. Old Shazam Show, and An wow. Incredible Hulk. So like this guy lived He's everywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he plays a wonderful like um, 
nebulous American uh, politician, you know, government official. He's a senator here. But I, I did have questions about this scene, though, when I was watching it. Go for I was, it. Because when the three of them emerge from the underground cavern, the they're wearing Nazi 90s Larry, clothes. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty much wearing '90s clothes. So I was like, where where did they get the '90s clothes from? And then I was kind of thinking to myself, well, maybe you know, this kind of version of Hydra, this these modern day Nazis left them clothes. But then I was kind of thinking, well, why weren't they there waiting for them? Like these guys have been frozen yeah. for fifty years. Like why take the chance that they're just going to wander off down down the street? Like you, know, you don't you have need like to be on time for that appointment, right? Like Mengele's grandfather or grandson isn't sitting there like ready to go to like bring exactly, medical exactly. aid to these Nazis. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Laugh. That that made me laugh. I was like, you think this guy could be on time? <laughs> and they've been they've been under this whole time because we see the clock that is May seventh. Yeah. Um, that wakes them up. And of course, May 7th, uh, 45 was when the Nazis surrendered. So it's just like, oh no, it's not like they've been, you know, pulling a Groundhog Day and like peeking their head out and be like, ready? No, not yet. Yeah. This is yeah. the first yeah. time they've been uh, above ground and not cold since 45. But it's a great opener. Like it catches your attention. You know, I was 100%. watching it. And I, yeah. And I, you know, before the intro started, I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm, I'm in here. I'm, yep. I'm into this. This is, you know, I'm in the mood for this episode now. And Senator Black comes out with the, like, you know, hail the new Reich right away. And it's just like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. You know, like Superman <laughs> V Nazis. Let's go. Yeah, and they, they even have like Nazi symbols in it, which you know is rare enough. Uh, you know, generally they they stick on something else. You know, sure, the Hydra symbol. Or, yeah, yeah, they'd stick in something different. But you know, they went they went full hog on the on the on, on the whole Nazi thing here. Yeah, no, they, and and I I kind of I kind of like it for that, frankly. Like, it's the Indiana Jones of like, no, let's call let's call a Nazi a Nazi here. You know, like this is absolutely. This isn't Hydra, you know, this isn't um, Vandal Savage or anything. This is, these are Nazis, so we will treat them as such. Um, before we get to that, though, we cut back and we've got Lois and Clark on the street, which um, let's check in with Harry Thatcher, can we? Um, Absolutely. She, it's, it's looking better. Like, it's looking better than when we talked last for Tempest Fugitive. Yeah, I have it, I have it noted here. I, and my note reads, it's not good but it's not Tempest Fugitive bad. Yeah, or it's... Te- the, Tempest Anyone bad, sorry. Yeah, she's got ear hair. And that's yeah. the best way I can describe it. She's got two strands of hair coming down and like kind of covering her ears, but not like if if she was in that like elf movie or like a Lord of the... You know, like that type of like woodland elf creature movie, I'd be like, oh, sure, fine. That, that makes sense to me. But here I'm just like, what I really just magazine did they have in the makeup and hair trailer that day i really just want to see an interview with terry hatcher where people ask her nothing except questions about her hair, about, yeah, hair choices. Onwards. yeah because, like was it that she made the mistake and then they tried to fix it afterwards or did she was she happy with it what's going on what's what's, what's happening here and bonus if someone could ask her about football dress i would greatly appreciate it but um <laughs> uh anyway they're they're walking down the street hank west's records are sailing off the charts in the record store um, Clark is all yeah. happy about their four people indicted at the National Intelligence a- Agency, the NIA, um, the scandal that they just wrote about. But Lois is preoccupied by wedding stuff. Wedding plans because she's a woman of the 90s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she goes into like kind of cute um, Lois. I, I forget what she said, but it's basically she's just like, ah, oh, geez, ah, yikes. I don't know if I'm going to fit into one of these dresses or look 
nice and we should do something traditional unless you don't like that, but not too weird. And, you know, it's just, she kind of falls into that. All of this stuff rang, rang very true to me as a married man. I know the pain <laughs> of being the groom for an upcoming wedding. I know, I know exactly what Schlag is going through here. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, but truly, like that, that's kind of her through line throughout this episode. Mean, both of them, like whenever they have a spare moment, or frankly, yeah. whenever they should be doing work, sometimes they're, they're talking about wedding stuff. That's, wedding, yeah. That's yeah. But it's also not like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that, that I just love because it's, it's them being them you know like and i i do kind of like their i do and like I, her starting to freak him out as they're talking yeah and there's 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 two points later on in the episode where i found it very cute as well uh, little things that happen relationship wise with them very very minor little subtle things yep um but there's a lot of little nods and a lot of you know you really I wonder believe if that we have the same couple, ones like, yes I, I have a funny feeling we, we may do. Um, yeah, cool. Because I think we appreciate the same things about, about this show and especially about their relationship. Um, I think the two of us appreciate the same little nuances um, that kind of goes, oh, you know, you really feel like they're in love. And I, you know, the chemistry is off the scale. Yeah, um, 100%. And like I've, we've talked about on the show that like they were not, friend you know like and and now there's as is with what, much, much of the fan base there's politics between all many of us and yeah, dean kane yeah. but there's a thin line between love and hate though i don't yeah, know I've but seen, it I've like it is interviews. undeniable and seeing them yeah. in like the dailies and stuff behind the scenes stuff like clearly they are they are good co-workers you know like yeah. they and they they know how to care for each other in and i mean care like emotionally kind of like be there for yeah, each other in certain I, scenes I've seen, some, I've seen some interviews and behind the scenes uh, clips and stuff and i i just know that i'd be divorced if i was like that with a, with a woman that i worked with <laughs> oh my god that one is nuts yeah no i know what you're talking yeah, about you know exactly um, what i'm talking about oh my about. god <laughs> um, i can understand where the conspiracy theories come from you know that you know there was something there maybe there wasn't i don't know but like body language and chemistry wise it, it's a thin line between who knows? that's all i'll say <laughs> yeah, let's all ask Brooke Shields a day after we've finished with our Terry Hatcher hair interview. Um, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, they're saved by a uh, car crash and a dying man um, who is telling them that there is a bomb in the basement of the Metropolis Trade Tower. I, I don't know if you caught this, but like, you know, it's Lois and Clark on the street. This man crashes a car right in front of them, which lucky day. Um, the EM, EMTs are on their way. And like Clark is there talking to the guy and kind of uses Superman voice. He's like, don't worry, sir. Help is on the way. Like, I don't know that that's the line, but it was that type of thing. And I'm like, oh, look at you falling into this really quickly. That's kind of cool. Look at you getting very assertive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, did, I, I, didn't actually ca- I didn't actually catch that myself. But uh, he yeah. just puts on the, the, the public Superman persona a little bit there. And I, I actually enjoy That's a nice it. touch. Yeah. But uh, speedy, speedy Ambulance is there. And immediately this guy is afraid of the uh ENTs but they don't seem to notice it yeah and I noticed that as well and and, you know why would they notice it maybe but I have the notes here these guys are 100% Nazis right yeah (laughs) and I didn't remember it but I'm like oh there we'll see them again later yeah (laughs) yeah um Superman you know Clark goes off to Superman at the Metropolis Trade Tower which again like there's nothing not prescient about this goddamn episode um with a bomb in the Trade Tower but um yeah Lois then hails a cab which is kind of the cutest thing in the world it's a new troy cab by the way the show starts using new troy a lot more in season three and season four but the cabbie pulls up 
he's like got an arm out of the car he's got the hat he's got the cigar going you know big overweight dude and i'm just like he just came out of a comic strip and here he you know like he just drove off the set of dick tracy and here's this guy now i can't believe you just said that i literally wrote down in my notes i literally wrote this guy just drive off the dick tracy set <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, it's just so that's what it, but like that's the show you know like yeah yeah i love it um i also kind of like this basement set we see superman like lois comes and checks up on superman doing superman stuff but all he's found in the basement no bomb coal but there's dust, coal dust i wonder yeah. i wonder what that'll mean i wonder anyway meanwhile jimmy and new best friend skip are watching a press conference from the metropolis tigers where steve nazi guy i already forgot his last name uh, steve law um like slips up he's like we're gonna clean whoever the team that they're going to play next we're going to clean their socks <laughs> and i was just wondering i was like it's it's they're really lucky that this guy was like nfl level good at, at, at america that's football. a great point no maybe he is taking the super serum you know we don't know yeah and i was thinking then that maybe it would have been better if they had kind of done an inverse captain america thing where sure. these guys were some kind of you know maybe not superman level strong but that they were kind of enhanced in some in some way yeah like like, like um again winter soldiers coming up like where they had that kind of team of winter soldiers on ice for whenever exactly. they needed them yeah exactly. that makes sense because because I don't understand why the, the whole frozen thing would happen. At, like, why not just raise three Nazi agents if that's what your plan was? Whereas right. I thought if, if maybe if they had been enhanced in some genetic way, that it might have just given it a, a little bit more of a comic book um, angle. Yeah, instead of just being the three hottest Nazis you could ever possibly find. Like, all, all three of these people are incredibly good looking. Yeah, exactly. Um, real quick before we get out of the scene, too, I just got to point out, I never noticed before, it's LSPN. So I guess Luther Sports Network is Network. Uh, showing this this um, press conference, which I loved. But, you think they'd change the name after he was exposed as a mess? No, but L&N, L&N's a part of the Nazi plot here too, you know? like It is. And it's it's a shame because L&N's a trusted name in news here in Metropolis, you know? <laughs> um, um, there's a supermarket, there used to be a supermarket chain here in Ireland called L&N. Um, so I oh, thought that so was close. kind of funny from my... From so my, from my <laughs> I have to call out my buddy Zach, um, always hold on to Smallville podcast on that podcast, you know, like throughout 10 years of Smallville, especially in this high school days, there would be times where like you'd meet a new character and pretend like we've always known him. Yeah. And yeah. that is so what Skip is here. And I, I was laughing when I, when I saw Skip because Skip is just that guy who's in everything, but nobody knows who he is. I, and like, as you're saying that I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot to look up Skip, but yes, no, you're absolutely right. This is the guy. I believe he was the, um, uh, no, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to be wrong. I'll, I'll say it here just in case I'm right. I believe he's the newspaper boy in Batman Returns. He is 100%. He's right, right? 100% okay. the newspaper boy in Batman Returns. Oh, man. I like... Yeah, oh, you're, that's, that's, a, that's a great shot. And, and my wife and I were watching a sitcom show on uh, Netflix there recently, uh, Superstore, I think it's called. Or Super... Oh, I love Superstore. Yeah. Was yeah, he on that? He, he, he's in that. He's like this creep that they all work with that, you know, he's not like the kind of this, the, you know, the store pervert kind of a, a character. Um, but yeah, he's, he's still around. And every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, he's that guy. But I have no idea what his name is or who he is. Um, uh, I got a weird thing. His name is Sean Whalen. I, I wonder. <gasps> Do you think? I don't, I, I, 
I don't know. It's a possibility because it's not a name I've ever heard before. So uh, we'll have to look into that because that'd be that. It's probably a coincidence, but that'd probably be, that'd be pretty cool if it turned out that there there was a, a, a relation there, a family a family tie there with Justin. Um, but yeah, he is in everything. Um, also, like weird shout out, I never knew this, but he's in um, Men in Black, which is truly one of my favorite movies. Oh of, wow! Oh, yeah. Wait, is that true? Yeah, he's a passport officer. He must have been at the Men in Black headquarters. That's so funny. I never knew I that. I don't remember him in that. No, it's years since I've seen him. I would yeah. be a huge Men in Black fan, but it's 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 years since I've seen it. But I, I don't remember him in it at all. But I suppose he's kind of got that unusual look, maybe that he could, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he would have been an agent at their at their um like customs desk, basically. Anyway, there there's the props to Sean May- Whalen, who is playing Skip in this episode, who is the put upon. And he does great like, in this episode. He's, he's, he's very funny. I, yeah, he's, he's really cute. He's talking to, you know, like Perry's giving him and Jimmy shit for watching this uh, uh, news conference. And like, you know, he doesn't even know Skip's name or what he should be doing. And uh, he's telling Jimmy to go get the blow ups of Superman or the, the oh, it's the um, photos of the supermodel. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. And Skip's like, you know, like, when's he going to give us a shot at being a reporter? I can spell. And she's yeah. like, well, good for Skip, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of, a, he's kind of got, got one of those kind of incel, um, incel personalities. He's yeah, kind of like 100%. A, 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 the inverse of, of Jimmy Olsen. Right. We didn't have that word yet, but now, well, unfortunately, we do. So, yes, we do, that, unfortunately. That, is, that is so what this is. Meanwhile, Perry couldn't give a damn. He's hanging out with his good buddy, Senator Black, that he's known since he was Jimmy's age. Um, and then, uh, you know, Senator Black heads out and immediately Lois and Clark, uh, come in and he's like hazing them, I guess, for sleeping in and having sex during the day. Like that seems to be what he's giving them help yeah. for. It's just like, Oh, look, everybody, Lois and Clark decided to join us. Good for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And is, is this the scene? I'm just trying to remember, is this the scene where they have a story, but it, and I could be wrong, where he asks them, did it, did it pan out? And they say no. And then he's like, well, that should be easy to write up. Is that this scene or is yes, that later? Uh, yes, but, it was because there's, there's not a bomb at the, um, the world, uh, at the at world the trade, trade center. center. Yeah. So, yeah, but, and, but like his tone here, I, I love, I love, love lane smith like i oh, want to so put that much. out there don't get me wrong but like there's a couple scenes in this episode where i'm like i'm not sure what tone he's trying to play because here it's just like is he just cutting to the end of the episode and trying to give them time off already because it's not like it's not like it's chief going like oh well you know you must have a wedding to plan so why don't you go do that but he's like seriously like well that can write itself you have a wedding to plan why don't you cut him like wait where is is he being serious or yeah, and I wonder was that was he kind of maybe misdirected there because he's got maybe. One, one thing I've noticed is that his hair is quite long in this scene. He's kind of looks a bit more disheveled, I thought, than he normally does. And then well, the conversation, Alice, you know. Yeah, the conversation comes up about Alice and the fact that they're separated or she's left him and stuff. So, I, I and I, I wrote this down. I was wondering what the 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 point of that whole Alice breakup was. Was that to give Perry something to do, or was it? I think was so. it going somewhere that it never kind of went in the end. Yeah, because um, they just they just completely about face in the second to last episode of the show. But yeah, I, I truly it, think it's just like we need him to talk about 
anything else but the paper Something from else. time to time because yeah. and because it is a, it is a thread that does go through a lot of the episodes uh, you know from when it's announced that you know they're having issues and stuff it is a thread that kind of goes through a lot of the the, the season um and i and i know it never really went anywhere so i was just wondering was that something they were setting up or were they struggling maybe to write perry at the time um and then he maybe uh, didn't know whether he wanted to you know what way to play it you know was he was, yeah you know, maybe kind of you know, so I, I, I'll give Lane a bit of a, a bit of um, space on that one, a bit of you know, uh, credence on that one, because I, I have a funny feeling that he was maybe being directed in a couple of different places. I, I completely nothing against James Bagdonas, but yeah, I, I completely yeah. understand what you're saying, and it's it the way that they play up like Perry's going to be online dating in the next episode, and yeah. Perry's going to you know be dating a Western girl and getting cowboy boots. Like I think it's just so that there's a funny thing for Perry to do that week. To do, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think Lane probably didn't know what way to play it because he didn't know where it was going. Right, and didn't know if like it sh- he should be dramatic about Alice leaving or if it's going to be a wacky, crazy thing, which obviously that's yeah. where they wind up going with but it. i have to say he, he made me laugh a couple of times in this episode oh uh, same here there, there's some yeah. there's some great lines coming up um we, before we get out of the scene too because it ends with clark bringing up alice and just like clark being a dick and forgetting <laughs> that this just happened um but jimmy brings over the photos of that supermodel who was lisa rockford the gorgeous nazi woman and yeah. it's one of those moments where you're watching a tv show and the characters have to not know that they're beautiful tv stars and terry Hatcher yeah. looks at this woman in a swimsuit and it's just like where did they who makes these people and it's yeah. just so funny coming out of like most gorgeous woman in the world terry hatcher's mouth <laughs> standing, you know? standing standing beside dean kane yeah and exactly. like, these, these the people don't this is crazy yeah it, it, it's right back to the 90s where you know you put on a pair of glasses and suddenly you went from being a stunning woman to you know the ugly girl in the class right. <laughs> He, his, his beautiful uh, brown eyes, not like Clark's, you know? <laughs> um, anyway, in the Nazi lair, I love that, that Lisa Rockford, our, our supermodel, is so pissed off at Steve for this um, clean their socks moment. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a cool little bit of like, all right, this is what they've been doing for the past two years. They've had like this kind of re-education program. The government has set them up to basically succeed in whatever they do as being um, influencers in, in various degrees. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, So I, I like the, I like the evil plan here. I think it's, I think it's fun. And they're sitting there watching on one of their many TVs and their bank of TVs is footage of Superman doing like superheroics things. And I didn't recognize what the like flying shot was like what episode it was from. I was like, I just want to watch this footage for five minutes. Like this looks so cool. You know? Um, is this, uh, and I might be getting ahead of myself, is this mm-hmm. the scene, uh, this isn't the one where Steve um, Law is practicing his English by watching Perfect Strangers, is it? No, but let's get to that. Let's put yeah, a let's pin get to that. I was wondering, I was, when I saw that, I was like, hmm, I wonder is Matt going to pick up on that? I oh, knew yeah. you would. I knew you would. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, let's, let's put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> this is the scene, though, where they're, they're, talking, they're explaining a little bit more and they're explaining the a little exposition. bit more about their exposition, yeah, their backstory. Um, yeah, they've been yeah. recruiting people for the last two years. There were a thousand people apparently that went that went from Nazi Germany to America slyly, which unfortunately is very accurate. And they became yeah. titans of industry and are basically like poised to to rule the world and pull off this coup coming up. And then we meet the evil, excuse me, 
the evil the, TV meeting of like evil industry leaders. It's which, like, like the 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 intergang of Nazis, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like that. It's that straight out of a Bond or yeah. or or Austin Powers. You know, like it's that yeah. type of a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, uh, I found this scene very um, exposition heavy, mm-hmm. but um, it did a good job. It did a good job of explaining exactly how it was done, especially in an age now that would have been, you know, this is pre-social media and stuff. And again, at the time, this would have been absolutely inconceivable. But now, when you see, you know what's happening on online and social media and bots and trolls and all this kind of stuff. And you can see how people can be influenced so easily. You know, it's, right. it's a lot more believable than it was with the time that it aired. You know, I was watching uh, un- it going, oh, that unfortunately. Could work. <laughs> unfortunately. And now I'm like, well, well, is LNN CNN or is it more of a Fox or, you know, yeah. The, yeah. that other piece of crap, you know, like, is it, <laughs> like, I, I wonder what, what it's standing is, but it does seem to be what's on in the daily planet for the rest of the series. So I'm, I'm going to stick to it being CNN or something like that. But, um, and and the, 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 overall, the overall plan, I think, of the Nazis in the episode is very good. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good plan and it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I, oh, I'm totally. just a little bit disappointed that they didn't kind of go that genetically enhanced route. I think that just would have added a little bit of something, maybe a fight scene at the end because it kind of wraps up a bit quickly at the end. Um, but yeah, I, overall, writing-wise, I thought... You know, it, it was an it was a good it was a great idea, and I I really enjoyed watching it a, a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. I think so too, and like it, it's always going to be this show, right? So the tone's never going to stretch too much, but like yeah. there's a ruthlessness to these characters that I think is appropriate, that I think like works really well in this episode. You know, like when when something goes wrong, like the reason that that guy crashed his car earlier, we find out is he was flipping and he'd been westernized and he didn't want to continue with the nazi plan so they killed him you know and yeah. that happens a few more times in this episode and it's like yeah and their their plan for dealing with superman immediately before they do their coup is is smart villain stuff you know like yeah it's, and, it's and, and they make him they make a mention in it that they've they've tried to uh, apparently they've tried to kill superman numerous times previously before before it yes. gets to, there's a, there's a throwaway line somewhere going well you know all our attempts to kill him have failed you know now, now all we can do or the best thing to do is to is to remove him from the, from the situation or remove him you know as a as an issue you know and uh, so that that's the the fact that they've they've been kind of working behind the scenes um, off screen I I thought that was that was a great little addition as well you know, makes you wonder though right item. yeah like did, did they help the prankster break out you know like what you know like what what have they been yeah 100 uh, i was like they're literally the hydra of the lois and clark universe what have they been up to and you right. know I, I i it's almost a pity that they didn't kind of use them as because intergang when intergang was introduced into lois and clark uh, like if, um um what was the name of the leader church um bill, yeah, church. bill church peter boyle like his first episode as Bill Church, you know, he was very, um, he was very, and we spoke about it on Lois and Clark, the Legacy uh, Facebook group recently. Um, you know, he, he was a lot more menacing than he, he turned out to be in later episodes. And I think Intergang were probably meant to be a, a good bit more menacing than they turned out to be in the end. Totally. You know, this would have been a great substitute for that, you know, to reveal that there was a group of, you know, kind of neo-Nazis that were behind a lot of the stuff that had happened before, but none of us knew at the time. It would have been a great reveal maybe later on in the series. I, I'm into that. Now that said, like I don't want Mindy Church in this episode, but I totally feel you that like if they had put the the um, bones of it elsewhere and actually like structured to it, that that would have been cool. I only um, I only learned again 
through the Lois and Clark, the legacy group this week for, for anybody who wants to, to join it, um, that Dean Cain actually dated Mindy Church in real life. I only just found that out this week. I had no Amazing. knowledge of that before. Yeah, so. I, I didn't either. Again, we'll, we'll talk to, to her that. and Brooke Shields all at once and we'll get all Any, the Anything new that I learn, I, I you know, that amazes me because it's been 25 years. You know, there should be nothing else that I need to learn about the right. show, but, you know, I've learned it. It's, it's always new information, so. Um, Meanwhile, at the Daily Planet, um, the police, the, Lois and Clark have given a call. The police have no record of this uh, car crash incident, um, and they're, they're about to try to track down the, um, the victim. When the police come in, or a detective comes in with Hank West, the country music star. And yeah. we had established in the scene before that the Nazis are like, all right, well, people are more talkative when celebrities are around, so... Yeah. I'll and take I one of our police officers that's in our Nazi pocket and go and talk to <laughs> Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Because I noticed I was like, Lois kind of fawns over Hank West in this scene. And I was kind of, I was, I was brought back to season one and I was like, okay, so Lois hates the country, but she loves country music. <laughs> How does that work? I was like, Lois loves celebrity. So like, this does make yeah. sense to me. My, my cousin was depressed and he really <laughs> was appreciative of music once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I was, but I was, I was like, maybe she got into, maybe she got into uh, country music after she visited Smallville that time. Who knows? Because, you know, uh, that kind of I'll opened her eyes that. to the whole country experience. So that's, that's my head canon for why Lois Lane loves, because you would think knowing Lois that it would be the Steve Law character that she would associate with a bit more seeing as she you know she sure. loves that kind of you know um uh, a type personality male like superman is that yep. it would be the steve law character but no apparently it's it's you know the lois and clark version of hank williams <laughs> yeah exactly um i i did have to ask you know you you being a police officer and all have you ever had to deal with this type of a like uh, maybe not an actor but like somebody's coming for a ride along and you kind of have to babysit someone while you're doing your job Throughout no, a I thought for, for a second there, I thought you were asking, I thought you were going to ask, did I ever have to deal with Nazis? And I was going to say, no. Yeah. <laughs> 1940s, cryogenically frozen Nazis. Yeah, has that ever popped up? <laughs> no? Okay, well, th um, that's good. Uh, no, I don't think, so we don't really do the right along thing. Now, speaking of, you know, I, I've literally, those words have literally just come out of my mouth, but there is a, a program about to air over here where, uh, a well-known stand-up comedian, uh, Irish stand-up comedian, uh, basically goes on a ride-along in a, a, a police station very close to mine. Okay. Uh, but that's that's a real exception. No, not not really. Not yeah. really. It's such a, it's like, you know, Castle built a series around it, but it's such a um, TV trope thing that I'm like, I don't know that this actually does happen in real life, but I've seen I'm it sure on a they, billion shows. You know? Yeah, I'm sure they probably do it in the States, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, we'd have a very close relationship. The Irish police force would have a very close relationship with the NYPD. Um, because of the, the Irish history there in New York and that. Sure. And I know that a lot of the guys go over for St. Pat a lot of our guys go over for St. Patrick's Day and walk in the parade um, in uniform and then kind of go out with the NYPD boys afterwards and stuff. So I don't know if, they, if they're brought on ride-alongs you know, in New York and that. I don't know if it's a thing or not, but uh, it's, it's definitely not really a thing here. Okay, had to ask. Um, thank you. <laughs> no uh, problem. Meanwhile, they're getting exposition stuff. The guy was the guy that died is William Stockdale. Um, I love that Lois quickly makes a note in her notebook uh, about this, which I was just like, oh, she's a reporter here. This is nice. Um, yeah. But they, they're asking Lois and Clark if Stockdale said anything, and of course they're like, no. But Clark Clark is pretty suspicious right away here, and they're like, yeah. Well, how they get shot in the back 
during a carjack or, or like how did he get shot oh it was a carjacking which is a great which is a great little you know it shows the the journalistic side of clark the critical totally. thinker side in clark and um totally because he he points yeah. out when they leave that like how does someone get shot in the back during a carjacking yeah and, and i wasn't sure at this time whether the, the the police officer was a nazi agent or not or whether maybe he was just a you know happy to bring Hank West out with them to, to meet Lois and Clark or, you know. Yeah, I think in the scene before, them. it's a quick line, but I, I forget this detective's name, but they're basically like, um, Hank West is like, oh, well, I'll I'll go with Detective whatever to yeah. speak with Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Like, that'll be my thing. So, it, yeah. I, I and he shows up later on, too. So, I think I he's, it, he's in their pocket, yeah. I, I thought it might have had a nice bit of weight if they had maybe used a character that we had met before. Instead oh of yeah, the, the unknown police officer. Oh my god, get Munch back. Uh, yeah. um, get Richard Belzer back. That'd be get fun. someone. Get someone back who we've met before, and we're like, oh my god, that guy was a Nazi. Who you know? So you kind of feel the way Perry does in the end, right. but uh, but still, no, it was it was it was. But no, was, what are you talking about? We got Skip. You know Skip. Skip's always Skip. been around. Come on, Skip, man. Skip, who's been here for thirteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know Skip. Skip. We go way back. <laughs> they did it. Um, um, anyway, they leave Clark. Uh, convinces Lois like we, we should try to find Stockdale but Stockdale has not been checked into any hospital so it's super weird this is though speaking of Skip Skip comes over he's really bummed he missed Hank West oh here we go and yeah this is it this is the scene that I had to pause replay pause replay it again and pause and replay it again just to, to make sure that, that I saw what I was seeing. <laughs> this is the scene so unfortunately topical, but it is outdone only by season four's Tempest episode. Yeah. Um, but let's do this. Skip comes over. He's mad that he missed Hank West. And he says, he tells it like it is. He sticks up for the little guy. You know, America used to be great and he wants to put us back on track. And Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher look at each other and do like a real comedy, like yikes bit yeah. together. But it is so awkward to watch now. It is so, it, is. It, it makes me wonder like who was spouting this shit back then. You know, yeah. I, I was, I'm, I'm a 1990 baby. I have no idea. Um, but it's just, it's crazy how history. Well, as, 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 as far as I know, ways. Yeah, as far as I know, the, the only people who were kind of talking this shit back then were, you know, shaved head guys out in fields, yeah, you know, okay. in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, like he basically says, you know, make America great again is basically yeah. what he says with, you know, a, a couple of extra words. And it's, but it, that's, that's, that's what's said here. And then to, to see Dean and Terry, and I don't, you know, I, I can't really remember if you, if you addressed it. I don't think you have really addressed it on the show, really, that the, the current issues with Dean. Um, no, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't mince words about my dislike yeah. of him personally. Um, but you know, like, it's one of those. Th I'm glad that I'm talking about it with you, frankly. It's one of those things where I, like, I couldn't be more appalled by his politics. Yeah. But I also recognize that we are all here to have fun with a show from the '90s that had nothing yeah. to do with his politics, and yeah. Superman has nothing to do with his politics, and that's. I think it's fine to kind of have this safe space here to yeah, be like that, but yeah, it, let's address it, it on this one for sure. Yeah. Like I, I think it, it, we'd be remiss not to address it on this yeah, one because I agree. it's so blatantly in your face that, you know, um, like, yeah, it's tough, you know, yeah. um, he, he's definitely let the legacy down. 
Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, he's an actor. He got a role playing a character. He, he's under no obligation. He got paid for the job that he did. He, he's under no obligation to maintain some kind of, you yep. know, you know, moral standards for the rest of his life. But, you know, I've met Dean twice. Um, I've met him in 2017 in London and I met him in 2018 in Dublin. And I have to say, personally, one-on-one, he was probably the nicest guy. Um, so I can't fault him as a, as a one-on-one individual in person. Um, but yeah, like he's definitely let the, let the side down uh, totally. in a big way. And I, I don't think that to stand by what he stood by so uh, strongly, um, yeah, that's he's yes. he, he's he's let us all down in, in terms of, of of his conduct over the last couple of years, especially during the Trump years, and to to see basically what he stands for now, being uh, you know to see Clark's reaction to what Dean uh, stands for to now, what Dean would the type of wonder, pot that Dean would like to stir on Twitter, you know, like yeah, yeah, that's you know, and I, I have always been very good myself at being able to separate you know the art from the artist and that, but yeah, that's. Uh, like when I watch this show, Clark is Clark Kent. He's not Dean Cain. You know, he is, yep. he is the character and Superman is the character. And, um, but yeah, it, it, it was really, uh, it was really strange, uh, real surreal moment to see uh, CK's reaction to something that Dean would very much support. I, I too have met him twice and he was very personable and lovely, but I, I, I would be as well if someone was handing me $150 to sign a bunch of shit, you know, like there's, there's that aspect to it where like, that's, that's Mm. his job that day is to be on and make everyone feel like they're his new best friend and that type of thing. And I, and like some people are not good at that, no matter what their politics are. No, but like, I, I get you. Um, my, my experience with, with Adam West was lovely, but it was almost ruined by his asshole agent the whole time. But yeah. like, it, you know, like some people are not good at that. Dean happens to be very good at that, but I, I like it's no excuse for the type of thing. Like no. there's a reason I took those pictures down off our Twitter. You know, it's just, yeah. it's all a bummer, but yeah, I, I have, I, I won't lie. Like I, I, I am disappointed by the way things have gone over, especially over the last two or three years, you know, it's been, yeah, it hasn't been fun for anybody. Yep. And with I, I'm so glad that we had that conversation. It's one I don't go to very much yeah. on the show. I, I don't know that so. we've ever talked about it at length like that, but but thank you. And I, I, uh, I'm grateful that we could have that. And this is 100% the episode where we kind of had to discuss that. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, people you know, that it's addressed, especially in this, I think to, to not talk about it in this episode especially would be would be a huge detriment to the to the episode because it's so in your face. It's crazy. It would be, yeah, I, I would feel that I was irresponsible for not discussing yeah. it. Um, so yeah, don't expect Dean Cain on the show anytime soon, anybody. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, let's go back to something absolutely baffling. At the Nazi headquarters, Steve is sitting there watching an episode of Perfect Strangers. Which I just have I just have paradox written in a hundred percent. Yeah. So to so. spell this out for people, um, the prankster from season two of this show popped up twice is played by Bronson Pinchot, um, who I love from Beverly Hills Cop movies, but he was oh, also yeah. Balky for the entire run of the sitcom Perfect Strangers which is what the Nazi is not only watching, but referencing 
Balky as the character, you see Bronson on the screen as he's there. And it's just like, what multiverse folded in on itself so that this scene could happen? Like, it's a nice, it's A, a really cute nod, but yeah. B, just like, and broken. Like, what just see, happened? I, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's an intentional nod. I think it just wasn't. Oh, you don't? I, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it was, wasn't caught. Uh, maybe like i have to imagine it was because like most of the crew was around from season two to season three like i i don't i we don't know you know but um i liked the idea that they were just like you know what one of our guest stars used to be on the sitcom and the nazi has to watch something so let's get the rights to that yeah maybe and the fact that you like you said it's it's referenced directly in the script when you know he 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 mentions the character by name so it's not like someone just said look we'll put some shit on and you know right that's what you're learning english from like he he references it in the script so maybe yeah it it must be in it but i was like again i was like that leonardo dicaprio meme where i was like oh my god oh my god pointing at the television when i saw it you know i was like oh i wonder will matt get this i wonder will matt get it knowing that you would but i was you know (laughs) yep no, it, it's great because, and it's like, it's so, it would have been very easy to not show the TV, just hear the laugh track and yeah. then t- to him being like, oh, but like, like on my favorite show, Velma always has the problem and whatever, you know, like, it's just yeah. like, you could have faked a sitcom really easily, but I'm so glad that they did this and yeah. just made our brains bleed for a second. It's, it's a great little, I love this type of thing. Yeah, and um, I love it. It's my, it's my, it's almost my second favorite in joke in the entire series. And I have, I have a, a much more favorite one for another episode that is bananas. This the in joke, and I, I don't know if you know it, but it's the one where in the 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 whole um, the fake wedding, the wedding where they don't actually get married, marries uh-huh. the, the frog girl, yes. and the president signs a pardon for Lex Luthor. <gasps> yes, and if I... you pause it and read it basically goes about four lines into it and then it addresses the audience directly in the pardon and it's like like something along the lines of ladies if you're still reading this we've obviously paused on this shot for way too long (laughs) in the middle of the pardon and that's my that's my number one favorite kind of breaking the fourth wall joke but i'd say this is a close second that is such a great thing you pointed that out to me and it's one of the reasons where i feel like you know, like you and I covered Tempest Fugitive. I've talked about the yeah. wedding arc with uh, Christine. I've talked about um, New Krypton with Craig Byrne. But like, I'm happy to go back and look at those episodes when we get to them in this order. Because I'm just like, there's little crap like that, which we yeah. did miss not going scene by scene like this. So that'll, that'll yeah. be fun. I, I remember pausing that a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, I wonder, does this actually read something? Because, you know, sometimes there's newspaper bits or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I've got two prints of Daily Planets from this, which are just the same articles over and over and they just change yeah. headlines and stuff you know yeah that's um, that's so fair play to wh- whoever was involved that decided to, to do this you know hats off to you that was that was a nice nod for the fans yep i absolutely love it and that's basically the most important thing happened in the scene otherwise there's just some plot where lane and kent are getting too inquisitive so the nazis are gonna kill them um, we also get the feeling that Hank, the country western singer, is a little soft on America, and the Nazis are not super into that. No. So because the the boys are fighting, basically, Lisa's like, "Let me handle it. We'll we'll frame some terrorists, or we'll frame the NIA. It'll be fine." So that's yeah. that's her plan for the evening. Um, meanwhile, at Lois's apartment, we're talking about you know Lois and Clark are talking about the missing guy, um, their car crash guy. 
um, and instantly frustrated by the wedding. And Lois goes to the kitchen and grabs an already opened bottle of wine and two glasses. And it made me think of the current show, Superman and Lois, because there's a kind of running thing on that show where when they're unwinding at the end of the night, they're like sitting on the Kent farm porch drinking wine. And I'm like, this wine. is, this is, uh, that's right. I've seen this before. Like they used to do this all the time on Lois and Clark too. It's fun. And it feels lived in. It feels like they're totally. in a relationship. You know, the fact that it was already open bottle of wine, like it's nice little touches like that, that, you know, Clark feels like he's at home there. It's, it's, it's just, it's just nicely done. I thought that too. Like, you know, I know it's just so that Terry doesn't have to deal with uncorking this bottle, but it does feel like they <laughs> opened it last night and they're going to finish it tonight before it goes bad. And I like that. Well, I'm Irish, so I never open a bottle of wine and finish it the following night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in lockdown, so neither do I. But <laughs> um, anyway, it's cute. They're talking about the wedding. They're exchanged. Like Lois has a list, um, two-page list, so they kind of split it. But um, there is a nice little moment here where Clark's like, I, I, what happens if I'm not around for all this? As in, like, what happens yeah. if I have to be Superman and kind of lose all this? And I do... I think that's an appropriate thing for him to, to bring up here. You know, like he's 100%. He might not be have time to deal with the caterer. Not that Lois does, but yeah. it's a very tricky couple to plan a wedding, you know? Yeah, but just, you know, you're Lois and Clark. You've, you've billboards all over the city. Just to hire a wedding planner, for God's sake. There is that. <laughs> like, and Lois is still in this, and Clark's still paying like 600 a month or whatever. You know, like they, they, yeah. they, can, they can swing it. Um, meanwhile, Jimmy comes by. One of my favorite things. He brings... Uh, like some news about bomb threats and basically anything strange that the police have gotten in Metropolis the last couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, and Lois asked like anything weird. It's like, it's all weird. We live in Metropolis. <laughs> Perfect. It reminds me of there's, there's um, in the Buffy musical episode, uh, Buffy's sister Dawn gets kidnapped and Buffy has a line of, Oh, must be Tuesday. And it's just like, it's such a perfect, like, yeah, we, we yeah. all know, you know. I was, a, I was a huge Buffy fan. Once more with feeling is, the, is that episode. Yeah, I was a huge fan of the, of the show in its, in its original run. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Difficult that's... to talk about for a different reason, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, as soon as Jimmy popped in, you, this show can always do it more Jimmy, I think. He, he always brings a, a lightness to it. He, he is very good. I, I, I always lean more towards Michael Landis, my Myself, and I, I, I presume that's just because he was the, the OG Jimmy. But uh, Justin Whelan does a great job, and you know, there's a couple of uh, there's another part here where he kind of you know smiles. He says something to, to Perry about how he can be spunky yes. or something, and he kind of smiles, and you know, he, he's he's great at what he does. Yep, I, I absolutely love that moment too. Um, meanwhile, you know, Lois and Clark are looking at stuff, and outside, Lisa pulls up in a van, and she's like straight up got a rocket launcher aimed at yeah, Lois's no window. No subtlety here whatsoever. No, she <laughs> fires it. Clark, you know, superheroes and immediately grabs it, changes. Um, it, it's a nice. I, I like it as a Superman moment. Like it's this this episode. These past couple episodes have delivered the like kind of mega spectacle of Superman as best as yeah. they could for this show. And I, I just, really appreciate the attempt. I just wondered what he would have done if Lois hadn't known his identity. Um, yeah. Because he just, he just jumps up and grabs it. And I was and like, grabs it. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, that's, he's lucky. Interesting. That he, you know, she knows by now. Yeah. <laughs> because the, if there this was you season go. one or two, he would have been in serious trouble here. <laughs> and HG Wells is nowhere to be seen. So like no. you're screwed this time. Um, um, but, but, but yeah, I love it. He, he catches the grenade. He runs out to the car and like, talk about James Bond. 
she yeah. takes a si- she breaks her tooth and takes a cyanide pill before he can get any answers out of it like which is it's so doctor no for me i love it's it it's such a it's such a, a nazi trope because doesn't the nazi guy do that in um captain america the first avenger as well you know the, i the, believe the, so the, yeah sub, yeah it's it's real it's a real uh, trope now of, of those kind of things but it was done well and then i loved i loved in the next scene when they explained to perry what had happened the night before <laughs> yeah oh so cute yes well yeah. uh, before that too like we cannot skip over this for it like they fade to black when she takes the um cyanide pill the act opens they're they're outside and uh, superman and lois talking to the nazi police officer superman has a great like uh, if there's nothing else, I'm going to escort Miss Lane back to her apartment, <laughs> which is so cute. But like back at the apartment, Lois, having just survived her umpteenth death trap, is super like life's too short and very horny. And they start yeah. going at it. And I there's, fucking there's, love it. There's some super horny powers going on here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we know he's a virgin, whatever. But it is like, I totally believe it. It is so just them in love. And it's one of those like... Maybe not lovey-dovey feels, but I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is a real couple. This is I totally- completely forgot. I completely forgot watching it where this was going. And I thought where this was going when I was watching it was he was going to say, let's forget about the big wedding. Let's just go off and get married or something along those lines. Oh, would have liked that too. Yeah, but no, it's just rip their clothes off and let's just get it. Let's just let's get go it done. For it. In the suit too. I love it. Yeah, love it. Um, but they get cock blocked by Jimmy who comes back like, and there's like a whole like, just a second. And you know, Superman yeah. pulls her back down for a kiss and they're both trying to get dressed and it's 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 uh it's one of those scenes in Dawson Clark as a series that just brings a smile to my face. Um, Same. Even even now as I'm sitting here looking at the uh, at the laptop and that I'm just I'm just smiling thinking about it because it just makes me it's just it's it's what it does so well. Yeah. And uh, I, I love, love her too. Those moments. The way they shoot it too cuz they they're cheating the fact that um Superman's there but Clark will have to walk in. And she's yeah. like kind of looking just like a little below camera. And she's just like, no, this is a perfectly good time, Jimmy. Right, Clark? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, perfectly. You know, like, it's really cute. Yeah, and Jimmy just well has to tell them that like, you know, some burglar spoke German recently. Isn't that weird? And Clark's like, yeah, that's weird. And he zips up his fly and Jimmy notices. And I'm like, perfect, perfect. End of the, like everything that just happened is great. I know. I know the day I was like, surely that could have been just relayed on a telephone. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have traveled all the way over to their apartment to give them that information, but obviously it worked for the scene. But yeah, we need that type of thing here. But I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. And this is the next scene. This is the scene at the Daily Planet next that you were talking about, where Perry's like, where, "Where's that story? Oh, sorry, a supermodel tried to kill us last night." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't believe them at all, and then he realizes that they're that they're telling the truth, and he's like, "Oh, you're serious?" And and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." Um, that made me laugh a lot too. It was another. It was another like, like Perry has these little scenes um, spread out throughout this entire episode, but every one of them made me smile. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I, my note here is Perry doesn't believe it, then remembers what show he's in. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a hundred percent that for me, but I, I love it. I also like he adds a little detective work. They're like, well, we traced the serial number on the rocket launcher to the NIA. And he's like, the NIA wouldn't leave a serial number on anything. So it sounds like somebody's trying to set him up. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just giving you a forewarning here that um, as someone who actually investigates crimes, I am going to be taking issue with a lot of the investigative work that goes on from this I'm moment so on. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, I was very wonderful. impressed with Perry there, um, but uh, the rest of it is is shady. Is it is pretty shady. <laughs> well, I I have some complaints about Star Labs, and I'm not even a scientist. So oh, uh, I let, have a funny feeling I know where you're going with let's this. Let's jump in on this later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I now this is the other moment here um, when Perry walks away. Uh, he, first, he like kind of apologizes for being irritable, and then like doubles down and like, well, uh, you, you can expect more, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because he's going, he gets Chip's or he gets Skip's name wrong, and he calls him Chip, which is cute. Chip. But then we and get then some. It, oh, go ahead. Chip corrects him, and he's like, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I don't care, right? You know, couldn't care and I never got the impression that that Perry was uh, mean like that, but uh, maybe he was. He was. He was to Michael Anderson in season one, for, you know, but in more of a testing type of a way. Yeah. So maybe Skip is just failing the test. I don't know. Um. But yeah, I, I really get the impression that they, they they just didn't really know what they were doing with Perry at at this time in the series. It is totally that because I watched a little of um never ending battle today just because i was like yeah this scene's in this let's watch it yeah and it is so that moment where like you know perry's barking at assignments and he's like jimmy i need you to go down to molly's and get two <laughs> jelly donut or whatever you know it's just yeah. like oh you, dick. you know, so, so, so maybe skips just not meeting the bar that jimmy met you know i, I mean yes. maybe that's it but I, I really get the impression that perry just does not like this kid at all no and it just doesn't know where he is you know and that works um, out well because he turns out to be a nazi yeah exactly so he, he's just got great instincts perry yeah um meanwhile just another nice little them in the office thing they're going to do some research. He starts super typing to find information on Lisa. And Lois is a little turned on by it, like looks around to make sure nobody's watching, just sips yeah, her coffee she, and watches her do it. I love she's it. She's in on the secret now and she's it's getting her hot and bothered. Yep. <laughs> it's so fun when she gets to be a part of these little moments, you know? I agree. Um, but they find out that Lisa has a birth certificate for Metropolis General, but no record of her parents checking in or out. Yeah, now this is my first. Uh, I was hoping. This is, okay, this yes, is my go for first it. thing because I was watching this, and I was like, okay, number one, I don't know how it works in the states, but how do you check someone's birth certificate online? I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know if that's a thing. Second of all, um, like, say this woman would have been born in the sixties or seventies. How? Wh- why would you even think of checking? that whether her parents checked in to the hospital or not and right. how would you even access those records <laughs> it also like implies like clark was super speeding you know he was super typing whatever and he went through like all of her first 30 years of life and was like well nothing here okay i guess we'll just go back to the beginning you know like oh my God, her, her, so her mother and father did not check into the hospital on the day she was born you know she's she's clearly you know this she is, this must is be wrong. a frozen nazi yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I, I, I just, I'd love to know how, how he came to the, the conclusion to, to, to look that up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a better, he's a better investigator than I am. I'll tell you that much. Um, meanwhile, in the Nazi lair, the boys are there. Um, whatever is Hank is all upset. Hank is the Cubs Street Western star, all upset that supermodel um, Lisa died. And Steve is like, you know, like, People die. It's fine. Like we gotta kind of keep going. We don't stop because one soldier falls. Um, but Steve, Steve is eventually- a full-blown psychopath. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's like doubled down. Um, this you know fake Justin Hartley uh, then shoots West, gets rid of him instantly. Like you know, um, Senator Black is on the TV and ask him where he is and seems like he's gone. He's like, under whose authority? Under my authority. Well, oh, well, you know, sometimes we got to do that. That's totally fine. Anyway, we'll run that me. fake news story in a bit. 
Yeah, so we're, we're down from three cryogenically frozen Nazis to one cryogenically yes. frozen Nazi. So you'd, I'd have to wonder, you know, maybe they should have frozen like 10. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> because, because they're running out of them pretty quick. <laughs> because the, by, by all accounts, the other thousand people that, that came here have been pulling their end of the bargain, you know, except yeah. for that guy that died in the beginning. But yeah. everybody, you know, like the news anchor at LNN is ready to go. Like everyone's set. Yeah. But yeah. Um, can't buy good I, help, you know? I was because again, I was wondering what was the without the, the without them being genetically engineered. I, I I I struggled to see what the point was of freezing the Nazis and bringing them over instead of just raising Nazi support in the U.S. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Or or like oh, give me a boys from Brazil situation. You know, like we've got yeah. a little Hitler, whatever. Exactly. But no, I, I am thankful that they're three gorgeous people. Like it's a television show; they should be attractive. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the Daily Planet. Turns out there are Russian documents where Lisa was born in 1921 oh, oh, and has God. some sort of association with Operation, oh, hold on, Operation Gotterdammerung, which is German for, <laughs> what, did I fuck it up? No, 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 you're right. It's, oh, it's, shit. it's just, it's so, it's so, it's so crazy. I remember watching it and my head was just exploding. I was like, uh, how, how did the two journalists get our fingerprints? It's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there no kind of data protection thing here at all in Metropolis? You can just access people's fingerprints and DNA and just run them against any database that you want. <laughs> all doors are open to Lane and Kent. That's all I'll yeah. say. <laughs> I was like, I just have, I have in big bold writing, I have, it's 1995 FFF. Uh, sorry, FFS. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I was like, what's going on? <laughs> um all totally fair and and like how they get these like military information and and again like like, not only is her birth certificate from the 70s or 60s digitized but her birth certificate from 1921 is digitized too and her association with this operation superb record keeping yeah amazing Um, work and the fact that they can just run uh fingerprints against declassified russian records is crazy in you know with the with the broadband router from 1995 (laughs) jimmy had to hang up so they could get on the internet but once they were on you know my head was exploding. I rewinded it because I was like, I, I, I must have missed something here. Where, what, what's going on? And, and ah, don't worry like, about no, it. No, no, you just have to accept it. This don't is, you this worry is what's about happening. <laughs> um, meanwhile, on TV, there's an LNN special report that five miners are caught in a coal mine. Clark zips out of there or shows some pep if you're Perry. Yeah. And uh, I think this is the moment you were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, he he zooms down. Well, first it's the it's the, they use this um, scene a good bit um, when he when he shoots into the mine for the credits. For the I, I always like love the shot. Yes. Those um, those scenes in the actual yeah, but that's the scene I was talking about with Perry, where you know, and Jimmy's like, I I, I have Pep. I can show Pep. <laughs> that made me laugh. Pep's my but middle I, name. Pep's my middle name. You know, when you're young and you're eager to impress. <laughs> yeah, your um, your dad, boss, father figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love this. It's just a brief scene of Superman in a mine and he, he you know, starts digging stuff out and he finds a nuclear bomb and has a like, what the? F-? And <laughs> the bomb goes off. Yeah, I was, I, I, I picked that up as well. I was like, oh my God, you know, was he going to say it? Well, obviously he was. <laughs> does Superman even curse? Of course he does. Yeah, no. And I added, there, there is no hint of a f in there, no, you know, no, but it's even totally that. what even that moment f- is. It's just like, yeah. what the? And yeah, that's it. Go goes on. for it. Um, but yeah, it, it gets the it gets the joke across, and it's a great joke. It's 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 well done. It's well executed. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, like, not to compliment a Nazi, but you got to admire the German timing. Like, immediately when that bomb goes off, the Nazis I, 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 take over the broadcast and tell the America that there's a coup going on. Yeah, I, I, you know, they obviously had one of those 1995 cameras in the, in the mine that filmed Superman there, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They had it all set up. They've Apparently. Been for 80 years, Matt, for 80 yeah, good years. Point, you know, good point, good point, good point. They can't, they can't turn up on time for the defrosting, but, you know, everything right. else is time for the tea. <laughs> they can't keep a country western star on script, but everything else is fine. Yeah. Um, this is, but, like, so, Steve, not Justin Hartley, comes on screen, in front of an American flag, like all very patent, and is talking about like, you know, this is what's going on now. You know, sometimes we have to teach people a lesson. Sometimes we, we have to, you know, stick up for ourselves. And the flag dissolves into a swastika and all these yeah. like Aryan as shit little kids come fascism on Fascism wrapped in the, fascism wrapped in the, in the, in, in, in patriotism. Yes. Um, Again, but, yeah. very familiar. And I was like, I, I, I was watching and I was like, you know, after 80 years, maybe they could have done with some rebranding and, and lost the Nazi sign for the for the for for this big news announcement, you know, maybe change it to something else just not to get everybody's backs up. But no, they, you know, they stuck to their guns. They went straight with the Nazi symbol and they right. stuck it up in the flag behind them. <laughs> to the point earlier, like Hydra has this cool as shit octopus design, yeah. you know, like, go with that, you know, come up with something else, you know, yeah. you know. Diet Nazi, whatever it is, I don't know. <laughs> but it, I mean, in fairness, they don't need it because they've got nukes hidden in Metropolis, DC, and LA, which made me go like, no, New York. So is Metropolis near? Anyway, I um, always and- think Metropolis is New York. I always, See, I always think that. Yeah, I, 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 I know in, in the Christopher Reeve movies that it's it's you know they don't even try and hide it. it has no, a it's hundred percent. Yeah, World Trade Center. But I, I always just think that I always think that Metropolis is just a replacement for New York. I have nothing um, to back this up with, but like for me, Gotham is in Jersey, which is in the comics, and um, Metropolis is in Delaware. Like it's a drive, but you can get there. I, I, I there's there. no reason to back this up, oh, but that's that's I, me. I hated in Smallville the the scene where they're <laughs> earlier on and they're on the water tower. And yes, and they and see it. Metropolis in the distance. I was like, I remember watching that the first time and going, "What." It's yep. right there. It's you just can... that one long highway to Metropolis. It's like one field over. I was like, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden there's just flat land. And we never see, you know, there's no consequence even, of Metropolis even, being so close. Even in the Snyder movies, it is literally just over. It's just a river separating the two of them. Uh, I hate that. Yeah, I, I hate that, that too. Yeah, it, it, they should be two completely different cities. Um, You're right. Maybe there are problems in Snyder's movies. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that's ever been raised before. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, the Nazis are still on TV, so we should probably deal with that. Um, their final one-two punch, like, you know, oh, and if you're worried about what Superman, or you're wondering what Superman's going to do, like, don't even worry about it because he's dead. And I'm just like, what a bummer day for Lois Lane. Like, everything, yeah. there's Nazis and your husband and the world's greatest hero, not husband, fiance, and the world's greatest hero is dead. And like, Lois is rightfully freaking out and wants to leave in this next scene and like you know there's panic at the daily planet and perry's saying like don't leave uh, the president's gonna make an announcement and and uh, surrender basically shortly yeah. and uh you know lois is making calls like trying to get clark on the line and whatnot it, you know in a ridiculous situation terry is killing it like i really love she her is. performance here and even her reaction when she she finds out from Steve Law that uh, CK is that Superman has been taken care of or disposed of, uh, whatever way he puts it, I think he says taken care of. Um, 
that you know you really feel it you can see the shock in her face she yep. she she knocks it out of the park with that with that reaction i thought it was a, it was a great night i think I, I could be wrong that that may, might have gone into a commercial break maybe on the original it did yes um, and then it comes airing. back in the, the yeah, daily planet she, it's in an uproar yeah she knocks it out of the park yep uh couldn't agree more um and i i this is like the height of campy silliness earnestness on this show where she gets a call from Star Labs. We don't hear it, but presumably, you know, there's a little hope in her voice that they've, they've got Superman. And she starts heading out. And Perry's like, where are you going? And she's like, I, I have to go tell the president to stall. And Perry's like, what? Like, just like tell him to say whatever he needs to, but don't give up. And Perry just like in the middle of the bullpen, just like picks up a phone and starts dialing. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you know, yeah, like, direct line to the Oval Office. Exactly. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, that, that he, it's, Perry it's, is then, and then like the government does stall and they don't give in later. And it's all because Lois Lane is like, tell the president to stall. And it's just, it's, it's so what this show is. And I love and it. And in, in later episodes, not too long after this, you know, she, she, she knows the president kind of on a first name basis. Yes. You know? so well, that's my other thing. Like, imagine Fred Willard sitting in the Oval Office watching the Nazis take <laughs> over and going, like, um, I guess yeah, we probably she just didn't take out the mobile phone and ring him, ring her, ring him herself. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was very funny. Very nineties again, very, you know, it was, it was it's charming. Charming is the word. Totally. It's just so heightened <laughs> um, in the very best way. And I love it. Um, speaking of heightened in the best way, she gets to star labs and Superman's there behind like glass in a cell. And she's like, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just radioactive. And every line in this scene is both like great, but also there's there's a sense of irony if you watch it with that that it's just incredibly we, funny. Um, I was wondering how uh, Superman got into that cage in the first place. Me you know, too. So radioactive. Where's He's the door? Like, why do they also, have that cage? Why do they have that cage? Where's the door? <laughs> Did he just like limp over flying? And then like Doctor yeah. Klein is like you know anyone that gets near him will die instantly. So it's like oh shit you know like, this isn't good. But How long I'm, will you be like this? I'm always happy to see Dr. Klein. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And um, I love it when he, because he always has to deal with these like very dire things that are absolutely ridiculous, but it's wonderful. Yeah. And he's, he's, um, he's clearly a replacement for uh, Dr. Um, Emil Hamilton in Hamilton, the comics. Yes. Yes, and we Hamilton we features in the series. Them. Yeah, yeah, he, he he features in the series, but kind of a, in a throwaway kind of a, a character. So they, they obviously brought in Klein as um, you know the more regular scientific mind in the show. But he's great. Um, I don't know the the actor's name, but I always always like when he turns up. Keith Kimmins, I think something like oh, that. Oh wow! If yeah, I'm wrong, you, I'll I, I recognize him from a lot of stuff. He's 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 in a lot of things, but um, yeah, he 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 was a great casting choice and a great character um, in the show. A great supporting character. I, I always enjoy his 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 episodes. And starts as a Jeremy. Like there's no real introduction to him. He just like his first episode. It's as if he was here forever, and that and then he's in almost every episode after that. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like these lines here. First of all, like you know, I'm fine. I'm just radioactive. How long will you be like this? 30,000 years. Don't worry, <laughs> Lois, we'll get through this. It's just like, this is the craziest thing. I'll just live in this box. Everything right, but nothing will stop me from getting married to you. Like, I think <laughs> we found the thing that could stop you from getting married to me. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I laughed at that too. It was, it, it's great. It's, it's just, it's such nineties TV. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was, it's just fun. It's just a fun episode. You know, it is. It's, it's not one of the big ones you think of when you, when you, when you're thinking of the series. Um, well, not for me anyway. But it's, it's just one of those ones that when it's, on, when you put it on, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot how, how much fun this episode is, and it is. You know, you spend most of the episode smiling and laughing the whole way totally. through. It's, it's, it's a, it's just a lot of fun. It's daffy, but it's it's yeah. still it still delivers on some of the stuff. Um, so like, meanwhile, you know, like obviously Superman's out of commission for a bit, but um, she's got to go find out where. Oh, this is the kind of Hydra name they have. They it's the initials NSBA, which is something something Better America, um, yeah, like National Service for a Better America, whatever it is. But and she's got to go find out where they are. You know, yeah. Um, and we'll 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 have to talk about how she finds them as well because that made my mind hurt as well. <laughs> okay, well that's this next scene. Like she's researching, she's researching coal mines because like because of the um, where the bomb went off and the fact that there was coal in the Metropolis Trade Center, and somehow finds out that Speedy Ambulance Service is right above an abandoned coal mine and is the service that took the dead guy away in the beginning, the car crash guy. Feel, go ahead. What do you yeah, got? So, so she's. <laughs> so they find coal dust in the in the basement of the World Trade Center. Okay, and then she cross references coal mines with Nazis. Yep. Which I don't even know how someone does that, but she 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 does that. She coal mines and Nazis. <laughs> Sorry, That's you know you said with. that, and I wasn't really thinking, and then I heard it afterwards. Yeah. But you, okay, just, I get it. I just ran a check cross-referencing coal mines with Nazis. And I was like, okay, that's something that people can do. That's a very specific <laughs> search, Lois Lane. Yeah. And like you said, then she found that the ambulance company was apparently built on top of a mine, <laughs> yes. which sounds like a terrible design flaw with an ambulance company or any company <laughs> Fair. to be on top of a mine. A combustible material, of, yes. <laughs> in the middle of a, a metropolitan city as well. It just <laughs> blows my mind how, you know, how she even thought to cross-reference those things. And uh, it's just, okay. This is why she gets paid the big bucks, man. She's just that good. She's just that good. She is Lois Lane. Um, the other thing I was wondering was, where, where are the cops and the army and all this? There's, nobody seems to be putting up any resistance at all. Great question, because the city of Metropolis has been taken over at this point. That's like, we just see her like go to the car, basically. There's um, Nazis everywhere. Coming out soon, yeah. And it's like, on the PA, is like, please report to your re-education centers. And it's like, oh God, this is gross, you know? Yeah, that was a lot of people keeping this secret. There was a lot of people exactly. involved in this. In this, but <laughs> again, it's Hydra. You're absolutely right. But... It is, it's 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 the Lois and Clark Hydra. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm sticking with. That's what I'm calling it. Yep. So she she's got however the hell she found it. The computer gave her a lead. She's heading out to the elevators, but who should stop her? But Nazi Skip. Not Nazi General Skip. Yes. Yeah. Like whatever German word for general he's got. Yeah, he's, he's not he's not a foot soldier. He's like a high-ranking officer Nazi. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, how he got there, who knows? But uh, he's he's basically yeah. kind of Gestapo, Mufti, Nufti, Skip. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's the weakling now, who suddenly has a taste of power. And uh, Perry Perry dishes out some justice to him pretty quickly, which I loved. Loved it too. Like I know Superman can't punch a Nazi, but fucking Perry White can, and he doesn't miss a moment. You know? No. 
And, you know, any episode where someone punches a Nazi is a great, you can't have Nazis without someone getting punched in the jaw. So totally, the fact totally. that it was Perry, I was like, yeah, right on. This is, that's exactly what Perry White would do in that situation. It reminded me, I, I don't know how much of the Arrowverse stuff you watch, but in one of their crossovers, they cross over, it's a crisis on Earth X. And Earth X is a world where the Nazis won. And they're like evil versions of the superheroes come over and crash a wedding. And when the heroes that are all at the wedding realize it's Nazis, like everyone's kind of excited to kick some Nazi <laughs> ass. You know, like everyone wants to hit Nazis. And it's so, yeah, it's so rewarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I just thought, you know, when, when I thought the writing for Perry was a little bit off, um, I thought this was just, this, they nailed it here. This is exactly, if, 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 if someone came in and tried to take over his newsroom, this is right. exactly what, what he would do. And I was kind of a little fist pump in the air. I was like, yeah, go Perry. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> going to rename it to the Daily Reich, like over his dead body, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and Skip, is, Skip is loving it. He's loving having the, the, the little taste of power, uh, yeah. even though it's not really going the way that he thought he would. And he, he, he's getting a good bit of resistance from everybody down to, down to Jimmy Olsen, who's even given him a little bit of lip. Oh yeah, totally. You you belong in classifieds. <laughs> um, I, I will admire Skip for like he he not only like rose up the ranks of Nazidom in about an hour, but also whoever's tailoring these Nazis had a uniform ready to go for him, and that's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they love wearing the uniforms as you, as we saw with Steve Law earlier. He just loves seeing Randy's uniform, watching Perfect Strangers. Yep. So and you know, Germans love a plan. So there you go. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, like you'd think Lois is going to go investigate stuff, but she goes back to Star Labs, and she is the one that has the brilliant scientific idea, which is uh, the most baffling thing in the world. I wondered if you were going to talk about this because, yeah, basically Lois bursts into Star Labs and solves the entire problem while yeah, it does Dr. klein's job for him yeah while klein and everybody else are standing in the background going huh, huh. Yeah, well yeah we should I have guess, thought about that i That's, guess we could try sure that could work and i was like yeah I, oh, why i i don't understand why lois had to come up with the solution there and not let klein it would have made a lot more sense for for klein to have come up with the solution yeah i don't um, get it story-wise either but maybe maybe she just had to tell i guess she had to get the information to clark that it's below this ambulance service but yeah yeah whatever i mean like it's fine but it's just like one of those like all right why are you here Doctor? yeah i just i didn't know that lois was so good at sciencing yeah but okay so earlier dr klein's like there's microscopic pieces radioactive pieces of the bomb embedded in his skin that are impossible to remove and lois is like well okay so we need to pull those things out of you somehow. So why not use a magnet? And what's and isn't gravity like a? Or excuse me. Why don't we use gravity because it's kind of like a magnet and could suck it out? And what's a huge source of gravity? The sun. So why don't you fly up to the sun, and hang out for a second, and it'll pull all these microscopic rocks out of you, and then you can come back and not be radioactive, right? Yeah, that's okay. pretty much exactly what she said. She she compares it to shotgun pellets. And a magnet yes. pulling the, the shotgun pellets out. And I love, yeah. I love Dr. Klein. Like, um, shotgun pellets are lead. Uh, they're not magnetic. Just, go with me here. Metal ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I like that. I like the chemistry there between them. And even um, 
the, the the little comment that Klein makes um, is, I think it's after this um, where he talks about how you know it's almost like they're married and stuff. It, it's a great, it's a great little scene. I, I just thought that I, I didn't see how it served the story that Lois came up with it and not Klein. I think it undermined Klein a good bit. But um, I have to say, yeah, it it, it was it was a a good scene. The the way that um, he kind of rebuffed her and stuff, I I found very funny. I I agree. Yeah, because she she runs off um, after Superman's like, wait here for me, and she's like, nope, gonna go to the ambulance place, and that's the whole thing. Before that, though, like I love him flying up to go do this. Like he just kind of pushes his hands on the the ceiling of this. He takes um, the whole cell and takes yeah. the entire room with him. Yeah, which again <laughs> makes me wonder how he got in there in the first place. But yep. he, yeah, he he flies up and he yeah, I, and I thought it was a nice touch because they kind of address it that he can't leave. You know, he's he's hugely radioactive. He can't just fly out into the sky. Right, but we yeah. see then there's a beautiful shot, and I'm so glad it's just one of those like, all right, they tried, good for them. They you see him breaking atmosphere. And yes. the, a scale model of the cell falling off behind him and catching fire as if it's, you know, coming back into atmosphere. It's just the funniest. And I, I really and yet appreciate I really that. appreciate it. I do too. Like it's, it's kind of, it's like a cheesy effect, because but they, could, they went they, for it. Yeah. They could easily have gone back to stock footage from an earlier episode where he flew into space. Because yep. there are, there have been a, a couple of them, and uh, him going after the asteroid or whatever. One hundred percent, yeah. And they didn't, they, like they made the effort, and you know they 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 put the effort into showing the cage burning up in the atmosphere, falling back to Earth as he flew away, and like the effects are again. And I said it the last time I was on the podcast, the, the effects for nineteen ninety five are decent. Like yep. I I couldn't fault even the 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 scene where he's there with the sun. I was like, how are they going to do this? You know, they, they they did a decent job of it. I thought I was I was pleasantly surprised. They're they're given their all in this stretch of episodes. In the in the yeah. last episode, he stops the missile in fake European country, and I'm like, hey, look at that! You know, like that is a Superman feat. That is why yeah. you need Superman. So that's because cool. He, like, I, and I know there there are there are some scenes where like, oh my god, or you know, you can't see words and stuff. But again, on the on the Lois and Clark legacy group, someone posted there during the week. The, the footage of um, saving the train and the episode where where Martha and Jonathan are on the the new Amtrak. Yes, train. yeah. And I watched it again, uh, just that clip that they posted on the group, and it really holds up very very well. It's cool. Um, so they, they, you know, they. I know we can all criticize them, but they, they. Did, I think they did a great job with the effects, especially as the seasons went on, um, and they really hit their stride around now in terms of the effects. I thought. I, I I agree with you here. Um, that said, I do like one of my favorite out of context shots, and I've sent it to a few friends of like, what do you, what do you think's happening here? Is him going up to the sun and like kind of putting his arms out to get a tan, and it's a painful tan, and the magic <laughs> dust is being pulled out of him, and it's just like if you don't know the setup for this, it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, Spotty and it's clearly Superman. Dean too. Like he's not on wires; you just see him like waist up. He's just on that like whatever dolly thing that lets yeah. him hover you know like it's it's very funny shot but yeah again yeah. they're going for something pretty grand on a very difficult budget and like production schedule and yeah. i appreciate it and yeah I, and I have to say like I, I i really do think that they did a great job and i think it's uh it's a it's a real um it's a real mark of it should be a mark of pride for anybody who worked on it that they they managed to accomplish what they did on the budget that they had especially when you compare to other shows 
like that were only a couple of years beforehand, like that Superboy show, uh, which the, the effects are awful, awful yeah, effects for I, the I, most part. I've never seen it, but for a few clips and gone like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so, some of the wire work is, 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 is decent to be fair. But other than that, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty abysmal. And, you know, to see now, I know this was a, a network show, um, but they really, they really, you know, did a great job, I think, in, in, in what they managed to accomplish on what, on what resources that they had. It goes to, um, again, I'll bring up the Arrowverse one more time, where like some people are like, oh, it looks like, you know, like Gorilla Grodd looked terrible. I'm like, fuck you. A yeah. CW show just tried to do a sentient, uh, you know, yeah. telepathic gorilla. You thank them and say, may I have another? You know, like that yeah. is impressive. And I would, I would completely agree with you on that. Um, you know, if you had told me back when I was a kid that we were going to see the Flash fighting, you know, sentient gorillas on a gorilla planet and all that kind of stuff, and that it would be at least passable um, and not laughable, that's you know, take what you, take what you're getting and and, and say thank you, please. Uh, yeah. you know, I'll have some more. Yeah, yeah. thank you, sir. May I have another? Um, meanwhile, at the Nazi lair uh, and in the Daily Planet, like all the Nazis are all like, "Hey, miss the dead, like." Who misses the deadline for the, like, what is your president thinking? You know? Yeah. The, when and Lois, Lois Lane is now, the, now captured with the Nazis on the lair. And uh, there's not, a, there's not a second to waste. They're like, all right, well, that's the deadline. So arm the bombs. Let's go. You know? I kind of wondered what Lois's plan was here. Um, other than just rush into the Nazi base that she knew was the Nazi base and get immediately captured. <laughs> yeah. And, and do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Especially also like little nitpick. Superman says it might take hours to get to the sun. And this is like, clearly she went right to the ambulance place and this is all happening. Yeah. So like, thankfully he, he put some pep in his step there. Once again, he's not as good at, he's not as good at the sciencing as Lois is apparently. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. He, he underestimated his flying capabilities. Um, but yeah, they armed the bomb. It's about to go. And then Superman comes in, he eye lasers, the equipment um, really quickly ties up the Nazis in their Nazi flag and she jumps into his arms and I'm like, I love this show. Like they were in the last four minutes of this episode and they're doing everything they're supposed to do. It's great. This was one of the moments I was speaking about earlier. It's, it's the little hop into his arms. Yep. So cute. Um, when they look at each other and stuff and you, you, again, you can just feel the chemistry there. You, they feel like a real couple, you know, it's, you know, we've done it again, kind of a, a look. Yes, they, you very know, much. You know, very chuffed with themselves. Um, because obviously, the one thing again that I say with the episode is it's once he solves the problem with the with the radioactive um, particles and, and flies down. Obviously, he he cleans up the Nazis very quickly. There's no there's no resistance there for him. No. Um. So that that's where I thought it might have been instead of doing the whole radioactive thing that maybe one of them might have been genetically enhanced or especially Steve Law maybe that there could have been a little bit of a a couple of punches thrown or something like that. But sure, you know, a physical over, threat against him. Yeah. yeah. But overall, I think it was nicely done. And, you know, you nice, it's nice to see the Nazis get their comeuppance at the end. Totally. And, and like, I, I also appreciate, you know, like earlier we'd seen a banner going up in front of the Daily Planet for with the, the swastika on it. And they take the time to do the night shoot and cut outside. And Superman grabs Skip as he's running away from the Daily Planet. His, he starts lasering his eyes and he pulls Skip out of the way right right in time to shoot it and burn the, the swastika and you see the daily planet come through behind it. Beautiful like, visual. That's cool. They then, they then immediately ruin it to a still image from the pilot of the globe, like to show yeah. that it's, you know, transitioned from day to night, but it's still cool. It's a lovely image. Yeah. It's a lovely image to see the flag burn and to see the, the, 
the symbol of you know truth and honesty and yeah, you know of the show really yeah yeah to peep you know come through um and yeah it's it, i really don't have any complaints about the, the episode like Me i know neither. i'm i'm kind of you know laughing at some of the writing and stuff in terms of some of the um the, the the ways in which things are kind of reached in terms of the the journalistic investigations and stuff but it's 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 a great episode i'd recommend this episode to anybody it's a fun episode you know the the nazi plan is a good solid plan the chemistry is great with the characters uh, the effects are good it's fun to watch there's i really really enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i was going to do uh, i'm i'm glad uh, it has always been the the same way for me um it, it like I said, it's one of the ones that I go back to when I just like want kind of a random episode. It's in yeah. the stretch of episodes that I love, and it it just like gives me a little bit of that super, yeah, heightened thrill that that I want from shows like this. So I I very much appreciate it. It is one though yeah. that I always forget is one of the few times we end on a bummer. Like yes. everyone's at the Daily Planet. First we find out Skip got away, I guess, which pissed me off, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but then we get into Perry's office and Perry is depressed and talking about, you know, like Lucifer was the brightest star before this he fell from the heavens. This is a very interesting scene, I thought. It, it really kind of felt a lot more serious than the rest of the episode and a lot more weighty um, than the rest of the episode. And uh, uh, considering what we know now in terms of what's happened over the last 25 years, uh, really uh, there's a lot of insight here in what in, in what said um and it's you know it was a lesson back then and i remember at the time watching it when i was young and it it, it ended somber and i remember it kind of it left you kind of thinking for a couple of seconds as the credits rolled you know it, it's not wrapped up really quickly and you know we got the bad guys and the problem is over um and i thought it was really well done i i agree with you and like he's he's quoting Thomas Jefferson with eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. we're getting deep here. And it's because, you know, Senator Black got picked up and Perry's upset that his, his childhood friend is, is a Nazi. Um, and then he, he takes time off, which is a nice turn. He goes and takes the rest yeah. of the day off. And Lois is just like, wonder how many more are out there. And the episode ends with Clark saying, who knows? And they both, yeah. they all kind of walk off and like, you know, back to their bullshit. But it is, it yeah. is totally that like they, they were going for a weighty moment here and we can argue whether or not it's earned but i do appreciate them trying to bring a little gravitas to the yeah. idea of nazis and I, I i understand them waiting for the end of the episode um that crisis on earth x thing did it too where like um there, there was a jewish character who was obviously kind of dealing with a, a lot of fear in that episode and they the heroes wind up in a camp and whatnot. And like, you know, like I, I appreciate that these shows while having fun with the idea do try in their own heightened ways to give, to give some credence to the threat, to, to, to acknowledge that this isn't just pretend this time. Yeah. And I, like, I remember at the time watching it originally and I remember because it is most of the episodes, I remember those episodes that kind of end a little bit more somber than normal. Like, you know, in the first season, there's the one where, you know, Lois says there's no such thing as invisible man. And then Clark is like, yes, there is Lois. Oh, it's yes, cute. Yeah. I love that. You know, I love those little, and they're a little bit kind of downbeat. Um, this one, I remember thinking at the time, you know, like, you know, people who, you know, Nazis and Nazi idealism and all that kind of stuff, you know, 
it's you know that's long gone that's something from the 30s and the 40s and it's it's long gone um but the line that um i, th- I think it's perry that says in it but i could be wrong and i think so- someone says something along the lines of ideas don't die yes and um you know wow that's that's definitely come to fruition over the last 25 years and looking back at it it you know it really it's it's it, I th- I think it's a lovely scene. I think it's a really well written scene that kind of shows uh, it gives a bit of weight to to what you've just watched and kind of it kind of says, look, you know this. The impression it gave me is, you know, we know this is a comic book show, but you know the, the themes are real and yeah. you know the problems are real and that shouldn't be forgotten. It's 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 an in story version of like when the cast shows up at the end of a very special episode and it's just like look we've had a lot of fun today but suicide is real and if you need you know like it's like that yeah. type of a that kind yeah. of like psa at the end of the episode but um yeah no i i i appreciate them doing it um and then like i said just back to the bullshit next week we're going to get stuck on the internet so what are you going to do but um <laughs> But is for a minute, episode? that is the next episode. I can't wait. Oh my god! Um, anyway, here we are at the end of another episode of uh, Lois and Clark. Let's let's look at the super saves again. Um, yeah. uh, what do we got? We got um, the rocket. The rocket through the window. Which we got is the rocket through the window. We've got nice season one. one. We got a repeat of season one. Oh yeah, Saving that's the little girl with the sign. That's- that's it. That's lovely. It's it was it's a lovely throwback. You see him in his old crappy season one. Suit. Yeah, in the Danskin Superman. It's great. Yeah, and it's 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 nicely woven into the scene. Um, it doesn't feel out of place. Um, it's a nice throwback, and it's a great opener. I think I, I really it starts very. This episode starts extremely strong. Yep. And uh, I don't think other- it ever dips throughout. To be honest with you, I think it kind of keeps the momentum going the whole way through. A lot of the Nazi scenes are very exposition heavy in that, but you know the character development, the themes, the the humor. I think it's all on point throughout the whole episode. I think, in a very positive way, you can tell it was written by a producer, who who knew yeah. how to keep the show going. He was seen mistakes, not you know, not ragging on the show, but has seen how some episodes might falter, yeah. and is avoiding it here. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. And then the other big super save is uh, he just certainly doesn't stop the nuke, but he saves himself and then takes out the Nazis and uh, is so efficient that Lois Lane has to hop into his arms because there's, there's no more threat, you know, and that's, that's super fun. Um, We we touched on Harry Thatcher, obviously Um, (laughs) some, uh, some super casting here with our super attractive Nazis. Where is Metropolis? I guess New York right now. Yeah, I I don't think I, I was trying fine. to think there after we spoke about that. I was trying to think: is there any ever uh, is there any universe mention of New York? Um, and I don't think there is. Is there not? Not wow. there's nothing. I'll, there's nothing I'll jumping out at me for that. Okay, because yeah, like obviously nothing... in the DC universe in the comics, New York is real, and that's yeah. that's the problem, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah, yeah. Um, and I understand like the Richard Donner movies and stuff that it was totally, you know, it's budgetary. The fact that they just literally substituted New York for Metropolis and you right. know, you can really understand that. But yeah, I, in my own head canon, uh, generally I replace Metropolis with New York. Um, and I know like in Batman, the animated series, they kind of do this really futuristic. I don't really like it when Metropolis is super futuristic either. Um, I like when it's more contemporary. Um, but yeah, generally my own head canon metropolis is, is, is this universe is New York. I, I, it's so funny that you say that aesthetically. Like I, I love the look of the Superman animated series. Yeah. Um, and, and especially the bat, like we were talking about Fleischer before, like the, the oh. dark deco Gotham is just to I die for. It. Um, I, I wanted 
I want a Gotham City that's production designed within an inch of its life. Yeah. I want Metropolis eternally to look like the WB backlot. You know, like yeah. that. It's just, it's just and this shows aesthetically. It, I respond to there. so brightly. You, you've been to the lot. You, you've worked. Did you work, oh yeah. Did, did you work there before? Oh yeah, I, I worked there for yeah, for like seven months. Um, that's crazy. The best job, like right out of college, that I could ever have possibly oh, asked for. Geek heaven. Yeah. Geek heaven. And you've you've been to the to the the Daily Planet set, uh, you know, exterior and stuff. And oh oh, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's that's crazy. Right. And we obviously I'd we did it for the show, that. but like, I have I have a very gross selfie of me. On my first, okay, imagine this first birthday out in California. None of my friends live out here yet. I haven't really met anyone. No family is out here. So, and I'm working on my birthday, but God damn it, I walked to the Daily Planet and took a selfie of it with, you know, with myself. <laughs> and I was just like, this is just what I want to, I just want to be in Metropolis today, you know? Yeah, that's like my wife and I were in, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife and I were in New York there back, uh, gee, God, it must be 10 years ago now. And I remember like one of my number one things to do was to go to the um, Daily Star building. Sure, um, of course. Where they film the interior with uh, Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder of you know, yeah. the Globe in the middle. As they're of, going oh, through the God. lobby and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my friend Rob recently, I think it was last year, the year before, um, Rob flew went to uh the uk took a day trip over to the uk to go to where they filmed superman 4 um i can't remember the name of the town off the top of my head um but basically they they filmed all of superman 4 in in the uk and kind of on a really tight budget and he went to 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 see all the 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 sites there so yeah the the fact that you've been to the lois and clark um backlot is that blows my mind Oh, it, w- w- one of my favorite things is to go back and do that tour again. So when the world is real, if you ever wind up in California, we'll we'll do that 100%. That's because like when like growing up in Ireland, uh, you know, as a kid, like I didn't really know anybody else who was into this kind of stuff uh, growing up. So, you know, the fact that this is even a real place that you can visit and walk around and stuff is it still blows my mind to this oh, yeah. day that it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's going to kill the show for you because you will then realize that like every street in Metropolis is this and they just frame out the <laughs> daily planet, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, um, yeah, I'm very envious of that. Um, so back, back to the list here, a song coming on for a brief two seconds. We hear a piece of Hank West's newest country single, and I couldn't really catch any of the words of it. Um, but I wonder, you know, just like Wall of Sound, I wonder where that recording is. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I often wondered that about Wall of Sound myself. I always wondered whether that was an actual song or not. Um, uh, this one, I didn't pick up the lyrics of this one either. Um, I was more so just flabbergasted at the fact that Lois Lane was a country and western star <laughs> or a yeah, country and western uh, fan at the time. Fan, I was like, yeah. what? Does the plot make sense? You threw some holes in it, but in general, yeah. It does. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you um, can, you, you can, you can, you can poke holes through anything, but at the end of the day, um, it, it does make sense. Like in, in, in the rules of this universe, you know, I, I'm being very nitpicky with the things that I'm laughing about and, you know, things that they shouldn't have access to and stuff like that. But that's very nitpicky overall. It makes, it makes perfect sense in, in, in the, in the world of, of Lois and Clark. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, uh, final few questions here. Best, best use or effect of Superman. Um, I, I have to say that I really thought that the effects, um, of him flying up with the, uh, the, the, the radio proof uh, cage falling into the earth, 
um, was very well done. And I really appreciated the fact that they made the effort with that. Um, I, it's not something that I think they, they would have had to have made the effort with. So I, I think that whole sequence, like that, I, if that had been filmed in season one, I think it would have looked a lot weaker than it did. Um, so, totally. Yeah, it would have been that little figure that going into the tidal wave or whatever. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, just, you, you have the correct answer. So just to do a different answer, I love the idea of Superman being surprised by a nuclear bomb that then goes off in his face. Like there's just <laughs> something like, oh shit, didn't see this. I should have x-rayed. Fuck. You know, like here. Yeah, okay. that, that joke made me laugh. The, the what the made me, made, yeah. made me laugh when I saw it. I, I really, I really enjoyed that. It was a nice little, it was a nice little touch. Yep. Um, best Lois and Clark moment. Oh, there was a couple. Um, I really liked the, for some reason, I, I'm not too sure why, I, I liked the little hop at the end, the, that kind of little hop into the arms, kind of, yeah. you know, job accomplished, you know, we've done it. But they had a couple of nice scenes, you know, everything, like all these little nods that they had throughout the whole show, like you, we spoke earlier, the the half-finished um, bottle of wine, the two glasses, and I, I suppose if I, it has to be the scene where they're ripping each other's clothes off. Really I see, you stole mine. Yeah, I was like, it, there's just these two gorgeous people that are desperately in love. Yeah, because it, it really wasn't where I thought that was going. I thought it was going to be, let's just get married now or something like that. And then they just went at it and I was like, oh, well, okay. Life's yeah. too short, you know? Yeah, especially, you know, when you're that good looking, when both of you are that good looking, you know, it, you know, it, you can't you can't resist that kind of thing forever <laughs> yep agreed um uh i i'm gonna go ahead and say that it's a good episode for both of our two leads like they they both have oh yeah stuff to do i mean lois is a scientific genius in this episode yeah. so let's get her her honorary star labs badge um yeah. and then I'm, I'm gonna pose it to you first out of 10 what would, what would you give this episode i'd give it a solid seven i think okay a solid seven, maybe even a 7.5. I, I, I really do think, again, like I said earlier, it's not one of the ones that I'm like, oh, that's the one I'm going to watch now. But And I was a little bit apprehensive knowing the kind of themes that were going to be in it and how we were going to address them and stuff and how I was going to feel watching it. Um, but I really had a lot of fun from the, from the moment it opened up um and we went back to that season one scene the whole way through i thought it was funny i laughed numerous times yeah i'm gonna I'm going give it a 7.5 cool um i i maybe just my nostalgia show like this is one of the ones i put on all the time so i'm gonna give it a nine like i, I a nine yeah I, it's wow. pretty it's pretty high for me i really i dig this episode quite a lot yeah um I, and and you know this is all just arbitrary. I don't remember what I gave Ultra Woman. That's probably a more enjoyable episode. You know, like whatever. <laughs> but right now, I'm just I'm loving this episode and can't see any faults in it. So let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it and a lot more than I thought I was going. I really thought that uh, they were firing on all cylinders throughout this entire episode in in respect to everything. Um, and it is an episode that I think anybody, you know, you wouldn't have to be a diehard fan to watch it. I think you could put this on for anybody. Totally. Um, uh, who is you know familiar with Superman or not familiar with Superman, and they would get it. In you know they they'd understand who everybody was, what was going on, um, and I I think it was really really well done, and it it is a very strong episode. What's going on for you outside of Metropolis, or possibly inside a sister Metropolis? 
sister metropolis. Well, uh, I have decided, thankfully, and it's it's down to you, to be honest, Matt, but I have decided that I'm going to give this podcasting a a go myself, uh, a try myself. And um, myself, and I have mentioned Rob O'Connor a couple of times. He's a huge Lowe's and Clark fan and a huge Superman fan. He's a, he's a good friend of mine here in Ireland. And I think he's, he's going to maybe appear on the show at some point here. Um, but we have decided that we are going to try our hand at it. And we have decided to set up a podcast called the All-Star Superfan Podcast, which is basically a Superman podcast but in more general terms um it's going to be a monthly a monthly series and we are going to discuss everything superman related from animation television films the comic books and we're hoping to have some special guests on over the next couple of months um and really it's just going to be a love letter to the mythology and the legacy of the character as a whole um we're planning to do series reviews of lois and clark you know cover a couple of the episodes of the superboy tv series um i think our second episode our first episode um we've recorded already and it's just really an introduction to to both myself and rob and our history with the characters and you know why Superman is so important to us. And then we're going to dive straight in, in the second episode into our favorite, our favorite comic book, our favorite graphic novels um, that feature Superman and the stories. And, you know, basically it's everything Superman. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I couldn't be more excited for this. Um, yeah. We'll have Rob on uh, later this season, but um, season four, we'll have to do, you know, a three person crossover and have you guys oh, yeah. on together you, for sure. And I, um, I de- definitely, you're definitely going to be, I really hope that you come on. Um, I don't have a launch date I'd yet. I, I, I don't know what it's going to stream on yet. We haven't made those those decisions yet, but um, I'm hoping that it'll be out by the summer. Um, we'll get a few episodes in the can. We'll get it out to everybody. And I really, really hope that people enjoy it. Um, All-Star Superfan Podcast is 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 the name of it. And um yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward. I'm. Re- I'm really looking forward to talking to other fans who have a love for the character, and you know, I really want to listen to people explain to us why they love it, their own personal history with the character and stuff. So I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to diving into it. Well, uh, well, yes. Um, my, the the one thing that's better than having a podcast is going on other people's podcasts and just like having a great conversation than not having to do the work for it. So <laughs> anytime I will come by and talk Superman with you guys. You yeah, that, that, that door is always open to you, Matt. And you know, it's, it's Lois and Clark. I've been listening to it for the last couple of years. I love this podcast. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's such a, a niche fandom. Uh, it doesn't get much representation. As I said, the last time I was on and, um, you really, really kept the, the, the torch lit for fans of the Aww. series. And I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate you saying that, man. That, that's, that's very sweet to hear. Um, oh, and don't forget the, um, the Facebook group, uh, Lois and Clark, The Legacy as well. Um, yes. And, and okay, so this is another question. Like, have you seen any of Superman and Lois? Because there's now Superman and Lois, The Legacy, uh, the Facebook group. But like, have you seen yeah. the show yet? I, 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 I might have been a little bit premature in setting up the group. From my <laughs> point of view. I, I, I set up the group. Uh, I watched the first episode um, and I loved it. Schmilegally um, uh, or? Uh, Schmilegally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, because it's not available in Europe at yeah, present. No, go it for hasn't it. aired over here yet. And in 2021, I don't understand why they do this, but um, I'd say it'll be, it could even be after summer before it airs here. 
Um, like it's ridiculous waiting times. But I watched the first episode. My my wife kindly schmilligly uh, downloaded it and we watched it yeah. and I I loved it. Um, so I set up the group. It's 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 very much in its infancy at the moment, but I will catch up in the episodes and we'll get the conversation going there um but yeah it's i'm 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 thrilled with what i've seen so far um it's it's uh, i was really pessimistic about it before it started and um there's one or two small things i've like i'm not sure about that but overall uh, i think tyler and bits here are doing a fantastic job i think the writing is sharp um i am almost disappointed when the superhero comes on because the characters are i'm so invested in the characters from straight off out of the pilot that you know the, the the aspect of the episode that dealt with the more superhero elements i i wasn't too pushed about to be honest because i just really wanted to know and see more of what was going on with clark and and lois and martha and, and the supporting characters in the series um i really think it's it's the best thing to come out of the cw in a very long time it's a it's a wonderful exercise in fans don't always know what they want. None of us wanted the yeah. show when they announced like they're going to be in Smallville and have kids and not working with Daily Planet. And then it yeah. winds up being great so far. So I'm and, and right there with Speaking of Lois and Clark, I, I know over the last while, Dean and Terry have been talking about their kind of ideas for <laughs> reboot or something, which was, look, to be honest, let's be, let's be realistic. It, it's never going to happen. Not happening, yeah. You know, it, it's never going to happen. But it, it seems, you know, especially now with the CW show, it, it's basically what, what Dean had, had spoken of wanting to do, kind of, uh, you know, where are they now 10 years later or whatever with, with children and that. Yeah, no, I, I, the one thing I like about that, I, I like all the things about that show, but uh, something I appreciate is, if it hadn't been for Smallville and Lois and Clark, I think that series would have been different. I think especially if Lois and Clark hadn't existed, that that would have yeah. picked up where Smallville left off. But yeah. because our show existed and because Smallville existed, they are now carrying the torch into this other phase of their lives. And, uh, I'm, I'm and I love saying weird, that. Yeah, I'm at this weird point in my life where I was a teenager when Smallville was on and Clark was a teenager. And now Clark has moved to the country and he's raising children with his wife. And okay. I have just recently moved to the country and I am raising children with my wife. And yep. it's, it's, it's very serendipitous. I like the fact that the character is kind of aging with our generation of fandom in terms of this show. And it's, it's brought something a lot more meaningful to it from me where I can see it as a father more so than just another superhero show. And that, that's what I've gotten from the pilot so far. Cool. Cannot wait for the podcast. Obviously, we'll, we'll post about it when you guys are um, up and launched. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, we'll be on um, Facebook at All Star Superfan um, the, uh, Facebook page. We will be on Instagram on All Star Superfan, and we will be on Twitter at All Star Superpod. Will be the handle for the podcast on Twitter. Engage with us, please, because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, same for us too, please, you know, um, uh, leave, leave a review on iTunes that that's super helpful. And I always forget to ask for it. So if you could, that'd be great. Um, subscribe, uh, follow us on Facebook, but, um, <laughs> and, uh, as always too, um, in this kind of new stage of Lois and Clark, if you have a perspective, um, however you, um, react with the series that's that's uh, maybe off the beaten path. Like I'd love to talk to somebody about fic writing. I'd love to talk to somebody about um, you know like a, a different phase of collecting or or the comics or whatever. However you get into Lois and Clark, um, hit us up uh, at the email uh, Lois and Clark podcast at gmail dot com um, or on Facebook. You know just DM 
and uh, would love to talk to you. Um, but I, I've, I've pimped myself enough here and you've already found the show. Thank you so much for listening um, as always. And uh, Alan, why don't you take this one for Lois and Clark. I've been Matt Truex. I'm Alan Burke. Fuck off, everybody. <laughs> I love making other people do it. Did I pronounce that right? Because I don't want to oh, come yeah, across. No, you, you killed it. <laughs>